I'm Justin Barsha, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. This is Tony Berlitti. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Back again with another live episode on YouTube tonight. This is episode 154 of the Moto X Pod Show, brought to you by our title sponsor, Torque One Racing. The Moto X Pod Show is brought to you by Torque One Racing, which is providing high-quality, economical performance parts. Check out TorqueOneRacing.com for grips, pegs, handlebars, shifters, brake pedals, and more. Johnny and Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry, so follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. As well as our other sponsors, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Wrist Braces, Blood Lubricant Oils, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Acherbys, X Brand Goggles, Williams Moto Works, Works Wheels and Mods, and Extreme Colors. So uh, TJ is in studio tonight. Uh, DJ TJ, what's up, dude? It's about time. I'm here. Got the camera set up. Right. So um, we're doing that. Your, I've been, your job is done. Uh, my job is done, so I can leave. Yeah, see ya. So I'm hoping my voice will last for some reason. I guess coronavirus. I don't know. But no, I don't know what happened. I don't feel sick. don't feel anything. My voice is hoarse. But I was out in uh, Amarillo racing this weekend, and yeah. it was a dust cloud the whole time. So Got I think that had bit. something to do with it. Well, I want to uh, I want to give some shout-outs. There's some things I forgot. I don't know that I even mentioned last week. TJ, you weren't here. So I want to give a shout-out to at 13 uh, Tim Timmy Sky Timinski. I don't even know how he pronounces this. Our buddy Tim... Uh, Favarsky, he invited me to dinner at Friday night at Arlington along with Jason Thomas from Fly Racing and and uh, Timmy Tim's son Jake was there. Took us to dinner. Great dude. He helps out um, Austin Politelli when he can. Uh, real great dude and, and just cool man. He was a lot of fun to hang out with. Got to visit. Uh, I want to thank him for that. I don't think I did that last week. I also want to give a shout out to at Rondog on Twitter. He, uh, he runs the Dented Pipe podcast out of Houston, this relatively new podcast that he's working on. Um, it's because of Ron Dog that we are going to the Denver Supercross. He had reached out to me a while back and asked, you know, what does it take to get you to a single race? I told him, and he actually sent us that amount of money uh, to help us out while he has his own podcast, still wanting to help us out. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, our, the winner of our blood lubricant oils is at B underscore Redmond seven, four, one. So congratulations on that. I've already reached out to him today. He's super stoked. Getting, I was supposed to get that in the mail today and I did not, but I will. Um, I also want to thank, uh, I believe the guy's name is David Lee. So Kirk Hunter with extreme colors sent me a text the other day and said, Hey, um, a guy that I don't know if he won the helmet painting. I don't remember the helmet. I don't remember the situation, but he had had a helmet painted from somebody else also and had sent it to Kirk to repaint because he liked Kirk's work so much. Um, so that's, yeah, if you guys ever, that's not surprising. Kirk no, Kirk's awesome. <laughs> Kirk was very appreciative. Uh, you guys, if you want a custom painted helmet, I mean, who doesn't want a custom painted helmet, right? And only pay $295 to get one done is unheard of. That's like my budget of level of buying things. <laughs> I think that's still outside your budget, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, but regardless, Kirk Hunter does a killer job. Um, I don't know if the cameras are showing. We showed them last time. I got a couple yeah. up here that are painted by Kirk. I uh, really appreciate him. And one more time, I want to, well, I'm not one more time. 
I want to remind you guys of the benefit for our buddy Aaron Smith, who needs a kidney transplant. Uh, he is a former privateer from Texas, and we are doing a ride day March 29th at Oak Hill. If you're anywhere in the Texas area, can make that. We have so many awesome things to give away, including a Chad Reed signed jersey. Uh, I've got behind the shelves over here, I've got some of Star Racing's plastic. March 29th? March 29th, this month. So I think it's the last week in the month. Yep. Obviously, it's the last week in the month. Um, with tons and tons of giveaways, not giveaways, auctions. We're going to do auctions to raise money for Aaron. Uh, if you cannot attend, you can PayPal some money to help him. His bills are getting huge. Uh, it is at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, 253smith at Gmail. All you got to do is send me an email. I'll send that to you if you need it. Um, but but Aaron, man, he he runs BSM Paintworks. He's also another helmet painter, buddy of ours, uh, part of the Black Sox Mafia. Fantastic dude. We want to help him out. We want to, He's he's struggling, you know. We're trying to work when he can, doing dialysis five six hours a day, uh, and it's just you know, clearly it's not easy. I don't even know what the heck he has to go through every day. But it sounds terrible. I mean, if you can send ten bucks, twenty five bucks, you know that's going to go. I think his bills are, I think, in excess of twenty grand already, uh, and probably going to continue to climb. So yeah, those are the things. Uh, but the other thing, we're, we're giving a set of Fly Kinetic Mesh youth gear away this this month. I don't want to win that youth gear. Well, you can't. Okay. You're not eligible no matter what. Um, but this is the first time the youth fly gear has been available in a mesh. So, oh, so good it's like for a summer. vintage gear. Yes, it's vintage. Wow. Uh, the kinetic. Wait a minute. So, like, nobody's ever, like, they, they don't never offer that? Not with... in a mesh. Huh. Not in youth. Well, that's cool. So, this weekend, they're going to debut all the new mesh gear at Daytona. We're going to give a set away of the youth. So all you got to do is email us at motoxpodshow at gmail.com. Tell us why your kid deserves a gear, and we're going to pick a winner. Um, so pretty simple. All right, let's get into Atlanta, TJ. Um, crazy race. A lot yes. of crazy stuff happened, right? Um, yes. Uh, you know, we're, I just want to jump right into the 450s, first of all, because I think that, that race was nuts. So many, I mean, I don't, Justin, or uh, Jason Anderson tried to take his teammate, Dean Wilson, out multiple times. Uh, Barsha and Eli get into it. Eli and Baggett get into it. I want to talk about all that. Yeah. But here's what I want to talk about first. Last week at Arlington, Cooper Webb, who I picked last week, I still feel like he was going to win the championship. Horrific crash, lands on his back on the concrete floor. Yeah. Uh, most of us would not have walked away from that probably. He lines up in Atlanta and ends up third. I mean, to me, he put on a championship ride, just a gutsy championship ride. I don't know that he'll win the championship. He's 24 down right now. But that's the kind of ride that a championship rider does. I mean, that was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, really and truly, that is true. But, I mean, I I think that kind of took him out. I think that big of a points deficit – when you have the two guys that are up there that are battling for it, I believe his without tragedy striking them, which it yes. did him, I guess you'd say, or however you want to put it, I don't see any way for him to come back if these two other two stay healthy. No, I think you're 100 percent right on that. If there isn't a problem, but I mean, typically these guys do have a problem. Okay, Eli caused himself a problem this weekend, and somehow he salvaged a fourth. Uh, you know, like. He clearly he got a terrible start and lost his mind, right? I mean, <laughs> fair enough. He he yeah. rode like like the the, the the Eli schizophrenic the op, the other personality of Eli that weekend last yeah. weekend, and 
when he he got into it with Barsha and I you know was running from Barsha at that point I believe which is why he did what he did to Baggett he see he was scared because he knows Baggett's or Barsha's coming back right? yeah we all know Barsha got fired up yeah and was coming after him and he mm. made a dumb move with Baggett and that's not going to be the probably the last time that happens so there's a real possibility that Eli makes a mistake somewhere along the lines in this championship and loses some points. And I think there's a real possibility that Kenny does too. It's just, if you look at history, they're going to make mistakes. By Vegas, which is not the last round, obviously, this year, but the second to last round, I think we're going to have a tight points battle, and I'm still calling Cooper Webb for the championship. That's that's good. See, you're talking about the passes that Eli made and him losing his mind. People say, I don't, I don't see it that way. I saw that track very hard to pass on. Mm-hmm. And when the track's hard to pass like that, Eli is right now probably the fastest man on the track at most of the time, right? Okay. I mean, most of the time. Sure. And it, especially anybody but either Webb or, or Roxanne right now, he's the fastest. So he has to, when you have a track you can't pass on, when everybody's doing the same thing from practice on, the lines are all the same, you've got to get rough. And unfortunately, one of one of my, I don't know if a favorite riders, but one guy that I really root for, Baggett, yeah. got the brunt end of the deal. And so did, um, um, uh, what's it called? Bar, uh, Barsha. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I mean, I think he, Kenny, I mean, uh, Eli did what he had to do. Um, I mean, you have to get by, he has to get points. Okay. Um, and, and I don't care. He didn't go in there purposely to hurt people or anything like that. No. Aggressive passes, nobody letting off. That's just what happens. He ran it in really hot on Blake and Blake, the only, the only, uh, that was the only option Blake had really was to turn down. And he turned, you know, I mean, he, other than going over the berm, probably. I, Eli didn't have to pass. Eli could have cut the corner tighter. There were worse places to pass, in my opinion. I mean, it was it was definitely a tougher track to pass, but we saw passes all night. I mean, look, Eli came from 15th to 4th. Hell of a ride. And, and him and Cooper were given some gifts with the, I think it was Freezy, Jason Anderson, and Dino. And Dino and Jason Anderson before right, that. Right. Uh, there was a couple other things that happened. I think that he gave them some gifts. But I, I really feel like Eli, pro- I think Eli was pushing harder than he, a little over the line with the way he was riding, a little, I don't want to say out of control, but a little Eli ish at the way he, we see him every once in a while. And I think he was real, real lucky to salvage that fourth. That could have easily been a 13th place night for him. He, I feel like he got a little lucky that the things happened, but so did Cooper. Yeah. But Cooper just – the fact that Cooper lined up and had that much to give, because we saw afterwards he was done. On the podium, he was done. Yeah. Didn't even go to the press conference. Um, I don't know, man. I just think that was a championship ride. I think that's – when you talk about heart of a champion and you know doing the best you can on your bad nights that they always talk about, that's what Cooper did. And that's why I still think Cooper is the, the guy right now. I just think he. I think he is. Uh, those are definitely some hot takes. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I just don't. I don't see it that way. I don't think he did anything wrong. Well, I know wrong. how. Yeah, I know how it is when you're out there racing because we have tracks around here that it's hard to pass on. You do what you got to do. He's in a championship hunt, and um, he needed to move forward, and he did what he had to do. All right. So after now, we'll get, we'll move on with the four fifties a little bit. Martin Davalos, Justin Hill, almost, almost get their first podiums. Heck of a ride for Davalos. Yes. Again, 
a little lucky, right, that the that the superstar guys weren't there because of other things, but still an amazing ride. Um, and the fact that, like, if you listen to the post-race stuff he did, Martin in particular, he, he I think he was wore out, and he was really happy with himself, even though he got passed in that last lap and, and gave it away. I think he has a lot to be proud of. I think he showed himself that he can do it if he can keep it on two wheels. Uh, unfortunately, in Dallas, he crashed, right. what, 55 or Every 75 corner? times? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, but that's impressive. And Justin Hill, man, he's he's going to get him a podium before this is over. What is going on? That dude is so fast right now. You think it's Tony Lessie? Uh, how, how much of it would you give to Tony Lessie, percentage? Does that percentage like do it involve the way that they pay those guys because they sure, pay them any, by how they finish? Whether, yeah, pay what the pay the the um not what's the word I'm looking for the bonus structure. The, I think that has more to do with it. But anything. also, I I think the atmosphere in those pits. Yeah, the way Tony treats his guys will do anything for those guys. Get them whatever they need. Work yeah. with them. Their personalities individually. I think it's the perfect atmosphere for Justin Hill to to succeed and exceed what he's done in the past. Yeah, and he's definitely well. That whole team. I mean, he, they've taken guys that. I mean, look at Freezy. Jesus, that dude. Like he was good too. I mean, he and he's been good for a long minute. You know yeah. what I mean? And a couple of years back, everybody was like writing him off. And look how long his career has been. It definitely has to do. With that team, I guess you can't take that away from them. No, I think I think MCR is doing a heck of a job with all their guys. Um, all right, Barsha, Barsha gets uh, second on the night. You know, after dealing with Eli, Barsha's also not to be taken lightly. I mean, he's twenty three points out, I believe, in third overall for the points right now. Yeah. Um, you know, he has his moments just like all the other guys, but does he pay Eli back? Of course. You think it's, it's, yeah. it's you know, we we hear, like, I think it was RC, or maybe it was Daniel Blair, and the, yeah. the main, I just kicked the camera, sorry about that. That's fine. Daniel Blair was saying, oh, these guys don't forget, you know, they, during the race, he kept bringing that up, talking about Davalos and Barsha. Um, you know, the Davalos and Barsha thing apparently is fixed. They talk to each other and apologize, right, right. and At that's the... that's kind of fixed, or, you know, smoothed over. Sure. But I don't know that the Barsha-Eli thing is... I did no. hear that they that Kawasaki, uh, this is coming from Pulp Monday night, that Kawasaki told Eli, you better go apologize. And he went over there and Barsha was already gone. Yeah. Now, how accurate that is, I find it, I, I don't, in my mind, see Eli doing that. I just can't picture him going over to apologize because he's so into it, not into himself, but like just keeps to himself. Yeah. I, but maybe he does because, I mean, if I'm Eli... I'm doing everything I can to or no, it was Baggett. He went to apologize. Baggett, I gotta, yeah. yeah, you could have corrected me. Well, I'm just letting you talk. But I, I, if I'm Eli, I'm smoothing those things over. I, I'm uh, I, I go back and I pay Joey Savacci what I should have paid him. Yeah, and I take care. <laughs> I take care of Blake and I take care of Eli, uh, Barsha and I get everybody that I can to not want to kill me when I'm passing them to win this first Supercross championship. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't think he did anything wrong. You do what you got to do to win. And so how can you sit back and say that he was in the wrong? Everybody. I didn't necessarily Eli was wrong. They were aggressive with each other. Yes. And Barsha got him first. Yeah. The, the, the Baggett thing I could see possibly, see, hey, man, I was a Baggett little aggressive. Baggett has a, a right to be mad. I was a little aggressive there. I didn't, I, I didn't mean to go. I mean, that track was slick. You know what I mean? It was. Yeah. There's. 
just reasons, and we weren't out there on the track. So, I mean. He didn't slide into Baggett. <laughs> he took Baggett's only line. Yes. And because I, <laughs> Eli was running scared. I mean, that's a, that's a and, bold and Barsha, statement. Barsha, <laughs> Barsha was going like five miles an hour faster after that. Yeah. So yeah, he was he was trying he was hunting down Eli with the only goal to take out Eli. <laughs> that was his only goal. Uh, but anyway, all right. Uh, how about all right two fifties? Uh, what do you think about two fifties? Um, a bit got, of a we got a good race uh, championship going. Yeah, I, well, I was about to say we've got some some amazing rides coming from these, um, like Joe Shimoto, yeah, and and Jalik Swole surprises me how I was expecting him to be so much faster. Um, Are we I always that the, way though? Don't we always kind of feel that way with these guys when they come in? Like, well, I'm talking about out of the out of the amateurs coming in. I ex- out of all of them, I expected to see the flash and the you know the flash in the pan or however you want to do it come out from Jalik. Because Jalik at the amateur nationals just was throw down some of the fastest laps, and he was, and referencing Pulp again, they talked about how he was consistent. I don't, he wasn't that way at any of the amateur nationals, and we've been to a lot of them. He's always the kid that is either, you know, picking his bike up in a corner because he's going so he like almost overriding the bikes at time is mm-hmm. what I remember seeing from last year. Uh, so I expected him to come in and a few rounds set the world on fire. He hasn't done it yet, but Joe Shimoto, who was really quiet in amateurs is coming in. Like we got a fifth this weekend, I believe. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that's, that's amazing for like, like the results of some of these privateers or, or not privateers, um, like, am, uh, yeah, rookies, rookies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Pierce Brown, right. Pierce Brown looked amazing in his well, in qualifying. He looked really great, even though he, he was out there with the B guys, but he yeah. got, I don't remember what he qualified fourth. fourth. Yeah, third or fourth. He was on my team. Um, Yeah, I had him also in (laughs) fantasy. Uh, You know, and he really looked great in his heat race. And then he had a problem in the the main. I think he crashed. Yeah. Oh, clearly he crashed. Uh, They didn't show it. But still, I mean, finishes 17th. Not great. But the skills are obviously there. Uh, Pierce is going to be a force to be reckoned with, I think, for TLD. Um, And and I think Jalik's going to come around. You know, I talked to him at Dallas. He's working on some things. It's still fresh and new, and and I, I think we got a great group of rookie riders. Garrett Marchbanks is not a rookie anymore, but he's coming on. Um, I, th- I think we got a lot of good racing to come in the two fifties. But our main three guys are well, let's call it four guys. Chase Sexton seems to be the class of the field right now, for sure. Um, I think RJ and Shane would like to have something to say about that, and they probably still will. They'll get a win, but they won't. Yeah, beat, they won't beat Sexton. But I mean, and RJ and Chase got into each other again. Yeah, they seemed okay with it in the press conference. They seemed to be, you know, not really be mad about it. They like right at Arlington. Even in Arlington, they weren't really mad about it. They, but I think these guys are going to be aggressive with each other all year, which could turn into one of these guys not finishing a race. So we don't really know what's going to happen. But right now, Chase is the class of the field. Jordan Smith, who's going to be on the show here in a little bit, fourth. Uh, I think he's fourth in points. Fourth at Atlanta. Um, he's got some work to do, though. I, I know he's coming off injury. I think at the end he was something like 15 seconds behind third place. How did he not have? How did he not have an injury from last weekend? Yeah, Jesus it's Christ, like Marty crashing a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I want to talk to him when he comes on that about you know what 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 is it you need to work on because maybe it's his wrist. Maybe that's bothering that much. But there's something missing. Whether it just be overall speed, he's still adjusting to the Kawasaki, but I'd be interested to see what he has to say. 
I, I'm sure he's not happy. Um, you know, that, that risk could be really, really bothering him. We don't know. Uh, they said that Mitch called him out to California last week or week four, and he had to go out there and, and ride out there. I think he's East Coast right now. I know he's East Coast tonight. Um, but that's saying something if Mitch calls you home. Do you think that it's possible that – I mean, I believe he had a pickup in speed this year. I believe he's really? faster this year than what he was last year. And I'm wondering, if being on that, that team – He's pressuring himself, pushing himself over the edge of what he can consistently finish. You know what I mean? Maybe. He's fifth in points, by the way. Yeah. Uh, behind March Banks. Um, Only because of last weekend. But you look like a couple years ago, there's two years in a row where he almost won the championship. I mean, I think the year Zach won where he cleaned out Savachi, or was it the year after? He was one of the guys, maybe is the probably the year after. He was one of the guys that almost won. And lost it there at the end. Yeah, Jordan's a guy that should be a championship contender. But I don't remember. I don't remember Jordan ever like having the speed that he has now. Oh, there's I a see, difference okay. between being. I thought up, you said he's not as fast now. No, no, I'm saying he's, he's faster, faster now. now than what he was, mm -hmm. and so that tells me that maybe he's on that edge. When those guys get to that edge, when they're getting right there to it, they start making mistakes. I think that's why you have guys tucking front ends and doing those things because they're on that edge. Yeah. Well, he's he's got some things to work on, and we'll ask him about that here in a little bit. Um, what Talk about, let's RJ, since you, RJ Hampshire and Shane McElrath, what do they have to do to be, get up there with Chase and run with him consistently? I, well, I think McElrath is, I think he could do it. I think that, I mean, for whatever reason, like I mean, he, you know, he was the points leader at first or whatever. I think he can run that speed with him. He just, but RJ, I don't know. I think RJ just has to hold it together. You know what I mean? Without mistakes. I mean, do do you see that where RJ makes mistakes? Yeah. That he shouldn't at that level. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, but I think a lot of these. 250 riders do a hell. Some of the 450 riders do, but yeah, it's they're still learning. They're still young. We have to remember how young some of these kids are. But RJ's been in the class for, yeah. I mean, four yeah. years. I, speaking of vets have been in the class, what's up with Jimmy D? Yeah, don't know, man. He's struggling. I mean, I would, is it the Suzuki? Is it that? I, I don't, mean, want, I I don't want to say, say that, but but you also have like the the quote unquote the JGR curse. Yeah, the horrible for those guys for J Bo. Those guys. Have got they're pulling their hair out. They have to be. Uh, I mean, I'd be really surprised to see them in the paddock next year, and that sucks. I'm gonna say it's not the bike that's keeping him that far back, just because of Martin on that same bike. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was. I mean, he didn't have. I mean, he obviously was down on power a little bit. You could see it places, but it's not that big a difference. I think Jimmy D. Maybe he just needs to go ahead next year and move just to the 450 and see what he can do. Yeah, there's some. He probably needs to do something else. I mean, he's struggling right now, and, and it's a bummer because he's a good dude, and yes. like seeing him. He's had some good results in the past, but things aren't really going well this year. But you know, we have our top, really our top three, I think, that are separating them. Unfortunately, even from the Jordan Smiths and the Garrett Marchbanks, Nick Gaines doing fantastic. Yeah. Right? I mean, uh, basically a privateer that's killing it. Uh, for what it was expected of him and killing it in fantasy. And he's been in the class for a minute. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But this 250 feels good, man. I, I'm really excited about the uh, the next showdown, which yeah. I believe that's Denver. Somebody said that 
they should make one of the um, showdowns a triple, triple crown. crown. I said that. Oh, is it you? Yeah. You said- I, well, maybe somebody. I'm sure other people said too because then you have an equal amount, right? Each coast gets this individual. That would be the best. And then you get a showdown triple ever. crown. So they each, because otherwise, you know, one coast gets two triple crowns and one gets one. And the, and the greatest thing about that, if you do it that way, it'd just be the weekend that a lot of the privateers just take off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You almost have to. Um, all right. Last thing before we go to break um, the track itself, the sand section, uh, you know, riders hated it. Yeah, and the and the split lane in the sand section, right? Yeah, a lot of people, Mathis, a lot of those guys, they they hate it. Doesn't or a lot of people on on Instagram and Twitter. Oh, it never works. To me, I thought it looked like it worked. I mean, there was moments where, like, let's take Eli Cooper Web battle, where Eli would go inside at the first sec part of that um, split lane, split lane, yeah. and catch up, and then Cooper would go inside over the wall and take it back. Like I thought it worked. Decently, I, I I didn't think it was the worst split lane I've ever seen. Well, the problem is, is they have to do something different regularly. Yeah, and so these split lanes or the sand sections or the turns, I mean, they got to do something different every now and then to shake it up. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I thought it was good. I to think me. I, I think there was that outside. I guess you'd call it the outside because it was the outside to the inside that 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 split section. I yeah. think it was faster, but. I think, well, like you saw Eli do, you know, you just go to the other side and just bomb through it. <laughs> right. Um, I saw somebody during practice just w- almost weed themselves to hit that whole section, like a set of whoops. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was like, well, that's fast. I mean, yeah, you're going to yeah, die yeah. if you try it again. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, but still, there's a, um, yeah, you got you to split the track up. And when you split the track up like that, I mean, it, it works or doesn't. I, I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, there have it, been some that are terrible. To, to JT's point, especially when they do the split corners, like where that split inside outside corner. Yeah, yeah. That's Elevated hard to do. and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that does, usually doesn't work. Yeah. And the wall, I thought, even though it was filled with sand and guys were getting destroyed, that Justin, was awesome. Justin Barsha launching the wall to pass Justin Hill. Yep, was and, rad. And then, like, just we every time because we were sitting at the track watching it, and um, like. We waited. We wanted the camera on that wall when guys went over it to see who took a mouthful of yeah, somebody. Yeah. I forgot who it was. We were watching, like after they took a roost full, a face full of roost. They just basically had to slow down and wipe their <laughs> goggles off. Like yeah. it was in their face so bad, it almost dead stop. Right. So yeah. Yeah, the riders hated it, but uh, all right. Let's take a quick break, and we will be back with Justin Shanty, the mechanic for Adam Cincerillo. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal, but thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand goggles. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and whenever I want to be best dressed, I wear X-Brand goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm, and for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to eksbrand.com or email darksidemx3 at aol.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then f*** you. 
What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Intercom. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeastUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440, and y'all better tell them Motorized Pajo sent you. All right, our first guest of the night, brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. In 2019, Fly Racing became the title sponsor of Supercross, and they support riders like Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, and the beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw. Visit flyracing.com for all your info. Fly Racing brings us Justin Shanty, Monster Energy Kawasaki's mechanic for Adam C. and Cirillo. What's up, Justin? Hey, what's going on, guys? Not much, man. Excited to have you on here. Uh, you said that this was your first podcast? Yeah, first podcast. I'm a, I am listen to a lot of them every once in a while when I have a couple free minutes. But yeah, my first ever uh, podcast being on once. It's pretty cool. Wow, I can't believe Steve's never had you on with being the super fan of AC he is. Yeah, I mean, he comes by a lot and we chat <laughs> about various things and e-bikes and stuff or yeah. whatever. But, you know, I just never seen myself as a podcast guest, I guess. Well, I think it's uh, pretty interesting to see what you guys go through. I mean, mechanics and all the different teams, whether it be factory teams or privateer teams, are extremely uh, underappreciated, I think, from the average fans. Um, talk about how you just – let's go back in your history a little bit, how you got involved with Moto. Um, I watched some videos on you today, but tell our listeners, like, what, what got you started? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a cool question, obviously, to be asked all the time because uh, everybody has their own path, you know? Mm-hmm. So – I uh, I grew up in a little town in West Virginia where moto isn't really a, a hot item. Item, you know, it's uh, maybe you know. I mean, I grew up with like a couple of buddies that raced, and, and uh, they kind of got me into it. Uh, my buddy owned a bike shop called Motovision, uh, and I kind of started working there. Raced a lot of local like outlaw stuff, and then started racing a little bit of like amateur arena cross. And then obviously, you know, speed isn't there. Well, obviously, <laughs> you're not going anywhere. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I went to my first ever outdoor national in 2004 and went to Steel City, and that's when I kind of realized that I wanted to be a mechanic. I saw Goose working on Ricky's bikes back then, and I thought that was, like, one of the coolest things I've ever seen. So right. my mom took me there, and uh, I don't know, just kind of had that embedded in my mind there all the way back when I was, like, 12 or 13 or 14 maybe. And didn't really know what to do with it. You know, you feel like it's so far away, like such a pipe dream almost, where it's like, you know, there's no way you can ever be connected to the industry with where you're from and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, um, no, like, kept racing arena cross and stuff, and we all qualified to go race uh, in Vegas after the U.S. Open for the amateur arena cross final. And I took that opportunity to kind of go around and, and talk to all the team managers and uh, just kind of see like what I needed to do and how you get into the industry type of thing and kind of got shunned away a little bit. You know, obviously there's kids like that coming up all the time. They're yep. like, Oh, you need to go to school. You need to do this <laughs> and that. So, um, I honestly, I, uh, I give all the credit to my, my start of my success to Tony Alessi. Uh, he was there with Jeff Alessi, uh, a privateer Honda right. that year when Mike went, uh, was that 2007. 
when Michael Spectre, uh, Spectre Suzuki had it. Uh, I talked to him and kind of got something worked out and, and just put kind of put my neck out there. I was like, hey, dude, I'll come work for free, man. Like, I'll come to California. I was going to school at the time, not really knowing, like, going to college, not really knowing what I was going to do. Um, so my parents were really supportive of me my whole career and riding and everything. So I was like, hey, uh, I got an opportunity to go to California and work for, like, a top-level guy and be a backside mechanic. And they're like, yeah, go for it. So that's kind of how I got my start. That, yeah, that's awesome that your parents were so supportive. And what I saw, that story that you just told about getting started, I, I kind of saw that. I think it was, um, I don't remember if it was a Racer X video. I was watching a little background on you, and you, you kind of told that same story. One of the things you said is that that first Supercross, like, you weren't that interested in the racing. You were interested in the mechanic side of it. And I thought that was pretty cool. And you kind of just mentioned that, like seeing Goose working on RC's bike. It's interesting that yep. you were so drawn – to the mechanic side, even over the racing. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, like, I always had to work on my bikes on my own anyway. Yeah. Like, I had some uh, KX125s. My dad always was traveling on the road, and he had no problem paying for racing, whatever. But he's like, dude, I just can't afford to have somebody else fix them and work on them and change tires and all this. You're going to have to learn to do it. So I was kind of mechanical anyway. I'm always the kid growing up that takes everything apart. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just, just kind of figured it out. And like I said, my buddy's bike shop, uh, started working there after school and doing like uh, odds and ends things around the shop and kind of learning the four stroke and it kind of obviously laid the groundwork to where I'm at now uh, to start with. But yeah, I was like when I showed up to the the U.S. Open, like I said, I was I was I was excited to race and whatever, but I don't even think I did that good. I got like 13th or something. But I was more <laughs> excited to like go around to all the trucks and and try to get you know get something ironed out to figure out how to get into this thing. You know, right. Yeah, that's that's impressive, and and it's we hear that story all the time. Obviously, you know through Mathis and anybody like, mm-hmm. if you really want to get your foot in the door, you have to be willing to, like you said, work for free. You have to go to these guys and put your face out there, and you know they're not yep. just going to come to you. Uh, and that's something I told John Short last year. You know, at, at I think at maybe at uh, WW Ranch, just, he's like, you know, looking for some help, and I'm like, dude, these guys don't know who you are. You have to go talk to yeah. them, and you have to tell them dude, I will ride for you. I will do this. And like, you obviously were willing to do that. And now you're at, to me, one of the two powerhouse teams, as far as mechanics go. I mean, you guys in factory Honda would be, I think like the two top jobs, but uh, TJ, you got something. Yeah, man, you were talking about your past and, and I was going to ask about like your mechanic history or whatnot, but we had a kid that's a friend of my son. My son's an amateur kid trying to work his way to pro. And he, wanted to be a mechanic and he's like, and I've been a mechanic since I was like nine years old, or, you know, since I was a kid, I've been working on stuff my whole life. And I told the kid, I was like, look, you come to the races with us. I'll show you the ropes on what to do. And about two races in, he just started to not show up because they, people don't realize like how much work that the mechanic has to do. And this is even on, this is on an amateur level. Um, when you're dealing with this, like, when you first went to the your first supercrosses or into that team with the Alessis and stuff like that, what was something that caught you off guard when you first became a mechanic that a lot of people don't see? Uh, I mean, honestly, like you said, it's like the hours and the sacrifice you got to put up with holidays and not seeing your family. And obviously, being from West Virginia, I mean, living in California, that's far away. I mean, that's a whole day trip back there and, you know, plane flight and everything, so... It was kind of like a, a shell shock to me, honestly, when I first started it. You know, I flew out to California with like a duffel bag and a pillow, man, and <laughs> lived out here. 
Yeah. I think I told Tony I'd work out here. Um, I started like November 1st and I was going to work here till Christmas or something for free. And he said, I'll just room and board and pay for your food and everything. And, uh, it's the first time I've ever been away from my family or been away from my parents or whatever. And, uh, it was kind of, I mean, it was pretty rough, but, uh, honestly, the first Supercross I ever went to was while I was working with those guys. It was Anaheim 1 in 2008. Oh, wow. Which was Mike's first factory Suzuki deal. So, um, I'm kind of <clears throat> running around, you know, a lot of the guys in the industry know me as rock guy. Uh, it's a nickname that the Suzuki guys gave me when I was working for Mike, uh, running around trying to get like rocks for his, like for start, cause he's so short to use as starting blocks back <laughs> yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. So, so in the midst of like this, this whole like big Anaheim board thing going down that I've never been a part of, um, finally like opening ceremonies goes off him in the stands, like just kind of watching the whole deal go down. It's like kind of like a surreal moment. Like, wow, like this has been a couple months from, you know, pulling out of college and moving across the country and just kind of on a whim, really. Um, nothing guaranteed, you know, didn't know if I was going to get, start getting paid after Christmas or if I was even going to get invited back. So, um, yeah, I just couldn't believe, like, even as practice my mechanics, the hours that they put in and, like, the amount of work that goes into prepping a bike for the next day. Like, it's not just, like, clean it, you know, put it away or whatever. It's, like, so much maintenance yeah. every evening just so they can ride the next day. So that was really a big shock to me. I didn't know anything about, like, this level of racing back then. Right. So we had a talking about what you have to deal with with these bikes. Garrett Rockley, one of our listeners, asked a question about what is mm -hmm. AC particular about on his bike? Like, what is it that he's like, has to have a certain way and that kind of stuff? Man, you would you would think to these guys at this level. I'm not. I can't speak for all of them, obviously. A lot of them are a lot more picky, but AC much. He's got to be like an anomaly of them because he really he really doesn't. He's never nitpicked anything. Um, I mean, I've been working with him since before Monster Cup, you know, when we kind of transitioned into this thing. But, mm -hmm. um, man, it's it, it's it's nothing in particular. He's he's uh, he's super easy with his bars. Like I swear, he hasn't even moved his bars since I put him on. Like <laughs> he, he, we we got we got to a certain spot where he excuse me where he wanted them. and every time I build the bike or change the bars, we go right back to that spot, and it's never been like hey, I need to move the bars or levers like every every week we would build the bike you know completely from scratch basically so i'll i'll level up the master cylinders obviously we have a hydraulic clutch so level up the master cylinders on the bar so i can bleed them you know so the fluid level and then mm -hmm. he'll jump on it and i mean we did seven rounds already together and it's like oh maybe move the brake like a millimeter or something it's like when we're down there right before practice but it's never been anything really super super major it's he's pretty easy going really easy going actually yeah he comes across that way um now yep previously you you rent for joey last year correct sabachi yeah I, yeah i worked for him for five years since i was at mitch's that's what i thought yeah so let, let's go back to that thing yeah. so you you start out with the alessis uh you rent for izzy i think for a little while um yeah how does the pc yeah deal i kind of oh, go ahead go ahead oh uh no i'll say yeah i worked for a couple of uh, or actually a, a lot of really good dudes, you know, through yeah. my career. And, um, well, it seems like every time I was somewhere, another door opened to go here and keep moving up the ladder. And it's just kind of, I'm not going to say stuff fell into my lap. I, I feel like I worked really hard to be where I'm at now and had to prove myself through and through. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I was working for Mike and then that kind of, you know, ran its course. And mm -hmm. then actually, I, I, to be honest with you, I was super homesick. So I moved back home and, uh, once I was there for, I mean, I, I want to say a couple of weeks, I was like, man, I made the biggest mistake of my life. I just <laughs> ruined what could have been, you know, my career. I, I walked right into like a factory practice bike mechanic position, you know? Yeah. So 
even the whole time I was living out here working for him, I was trying to go to Mitch's. That was my end goal. You know, I I would drive by on the 91 and be like, dude, I'm, I'm going to work there someday. I, I just kept telling myself I, I'm going to work here. I, I, I have what it takes to work at Mitch's, and I want to learn. And so obviously you got that in the back of your mind the whole time, and things aren't really going the right way where you think that's really going to happen. So um, like I said, I moved back home. I had to start all over again with a couple of amateur kids. I worked for the Markoff brothers mm-hmm. uh, for a little bit, and then I transitioned into working for Les Smith, which was a promising up-and-coming pro. Um, he had like a team green rod, and it kind of kind of cut back. So he did like some private Yamaha stuff, yeah, uh, uh, to start Supercross and stuff. And that kind of transitioned into that eleven ten mods team that uh, that Honda Troy team that Chad Sander put together with Kilbarger. Right, right. Uh, back in the day, I think 2011, maybe. So he got a, he got a deal with Fox, and you know, got some money, and was able to fill in when Levi was hurt. So I don't know. I just kind of bounced around and kind of kept, like I said, working my way up, and uh, worked for him. And then that team kind of split, and I moved to Ohio, which was kind of cool because it was closer to home. And we put a little thing together with Levi and Nico. And, I kind of was in charge of that whole deal. It was like a, I mean, we had like a semi and the whole thing, but it was only like three or four of us running the whole deal. So yeah, very that was actually looking back. Yeah. Looking back, that was actually really cool. Cause we didn't have like upper management to like worry about. We just had like Tony's dad knew what it was going to cost. And Nico was, you know, fast and had a lot of potential. It's just, we lacked some resources for sure. Um, we had good engines and stuff, but we had, we didn't really have a suspension guy or anybody at the races to help. So we really struggled there. So, um, from there, I, uh, talked to Vince Barini, who was in charge of the JDR KTM team at the time. Mm-hmm. And I knew he had worked at Mitch's. So one day at Millville, when we weren't having that good of a weekend, I saw him out back and I was like, Hey Vince, can I talk to you? And he's like, yeah, what's up? I was like, Hey, how did you get your job pro circuit? And he was like, Oh, you know, back, back then, you know, Mitch called him and stuff. I'm like, Oh, that's rad. And I was like, I'm just trying to get my foot in the door over there for years. He's like, Oh, well, how come you don't give me a resume? I'm like, Oh dude, I never thought about it you know i never really had opened my mind enough to like go somewhere else before right you know going there so uh i did and long story short it worked out i talked to him and nate dog and uh i started there in i think 2000 the off season of 2012 working for matt moss and that that team dude was incredible it it had the money it had the people it had the you know the, the backing from ktm you know even all the way back to austria and stuff it's just unfortunate that uh, the the money didn't want to be spent in the the in that way anymore, you know, which is which is fine, you know. But uh, the team kind of broke up, and I always tell people if that team never went away, I never would have probably <clears throat> pursued going anywhere else because it was just a a good close knit group of like just a few people. We yeah. had we had enough people to do all the jobs, you know, and so made a lot of a lot of friends and a lot of uh, a lot of people that I still keep in contact with from that team. Awesome, and that that's what led. That's what led me to Pro Circuit is Vince ended up putting my name in the hat uh, when our team shut down and Paul Perbemus left to go to uh, Answer, I believe. Yep. So Mitch called me in his office and um, kind of the rest of his history kind of, you know, <laughs> told me he was going to told me he was gonna give me the job. I was highly recommended. And, um, yeah, it was just kind of a whirlwind deal with that. Like it was, I was, I didn't have job, like a, I didn't have work all summer in 2013. It was like the first time I hadn't been to like the races since I started my career. Mm. So like, I was kind of bitter about it. You know, the team shut down and I didn't want to, I didn't want to watch the races. So I just kind of kicked it all summer. And, um, just all of a sudden I'm sitting on my couch and like Vince calls me. He's like, Hey, go to pro circuit right now. I'm like, okay. 
He's like, just keep go now. Like, go, I went down there. Like, it, it happened that night. Like, Paul's in there. That's nuts. You know, having a couple couple after hour beers, and he's like, "Oh, you here to replace me?" I'm like, "I think I don't know. Are you leaving?" Like, I hope so. I, I haven't gotten any. I haven't gotten any information. <laughs> so. I could just I got, I got a mental image of you coming in there with the stick with the rag like a hobo in the back, you know, walking in going, Where am I working? Yeah, like chase for food, man. Chase for food. <laughs> like, jeez. That's awesome. Like, yeah. So, I sit in there and like obviously Mitch is super intimidating, like still to this day, you know, yep. like yep. all the respects for the guy and like you go in his office and he's just a different cat to talk to, man. Like he thinks a lot about what he's gonna say and leaves like open ended like then, like, you say something, and, like, it takes a long time for him to answer you, so you get all awkward. Yeah, right. And so I'm, try- I'm trying to keep it together. I'm like, dude, I really want this job. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, like, I'll do, I'll prove it to you. Like, I- I've been trying to get a job here forever. And finally, he called me back, like, the next day. And was like, all right. Well, actually, he didn't call me. Vince called me again. And was like, hey, go to Pro Circuit, bring a toolbox right now. I'm like, this again? I'm like, all right, all right, cool, I'm on it. <laughs> like, I just jam out. I'm living in, like, Marietta at the time. I just, like... I must have flew over over to Corona. So, like, yeah. got in there. Uh, Wayno, who used to work there, uh, came out back. He's like, yeah, I'm going to bring you in. I'm like, okay. Do I, I mean, I'm bring my tools. It's like a tryout or what? Like, nobody really said anything. It was like, <laughs> hey, here, you're going to work in the – they call it the pole bay over there. There's one bay uh, there that has, like, a support pole in it that kind of jacks with your workspace. So, I guess that's where the new guys start. <laughs> right, right. So, I, I mean, I started putting it together, and then – He's like, yeah, here, like, we'll start, uh, we'll start, like, taking an engine apart and teaching you. He's like, what, what do you know about engines and stuff? And I'm like, oh, he's like, I, I know my way around an engine pretty well. And he's like, all right, well, cool, we're gonna show you how we do it and everything. So, I just assumed I was like, all right, I guess I got the job. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then it must have been like three thirty or four o'clock in the afternoon. Mitch comes rolling through from the back door, and he's like, Shanty's in the house. And I'm like, all right, I think I got the job. Yeah, that's amazing. So, speaking of that, going from Pro Circuit. What's the biggest difference being from a team like Pro Circuit, which technically is a support team, to the actual factory uh-huh. team? Man, it's it's hard to explain. It's like at PC you have just as many resources um, right. with the factory and, and with Showa and everything. So um, it's awesome to move from there up to the factory team just because everything is so much alike. But I don't know. It's just it, it's hard to – like I said, it's hard to explain. You you go from like four, maybe five riders on Mitch's team or Light's team to two, where everything is a lot more focused on each individual guy. Like I think we're one of the only teams that do it, but we actually have our own crew chief for each bike. Right. You know, every rider has their own mechanic, obviously, but we have a crew chief and a suspension guy. Oh and wow! Everything is a lot more focused on your individual guy. Obviously, it's one team, but when you get to the race, you got your people that you talk to. Um, like Kranz has his people, I have my people, and Adam. They everybody knows who to go to for their chain of command and their their people and and those um, just to get to those resources. So um, I would say like not not that Mitch is understaffed by any means, but there's just so much staff with us that um, everything you could possibly need is is taken care of, and you don't have to really. I don't have to leave my little work area at the race or anything. You know, you just kind of stay there. And people come to you. And, um, yeah, I would just say maybe personnel and like I've never worked for like a corporate environment, mm-hmm. like in, in that environment. So that's really cool to me. I didn't know if I'd like it or hate it. So I really like the way that uh, Dan and Cowie have it all structured out. Like everything was laid out right in front of me when I started. Like this is how it's going to be. This is how this is who answers to this guy. And this this guy's in charge of this guy. 
and I was like, great, like I love that kind of structure, you know. So um, it was it was really cool to, to start over there and to see how you know a factory, a real factory operation works. So yeah, um, it's, it's a... still shocking to think that I worked there. To be honest with you, yeah, just from an outsider, you know, walking into the pits, like I, I kind of mentioned, you guys and, and factory Honda to me seem like. Mm-hmm. To me, in my mind, are like the elite. Um, as far as how everything's ran, um, and, you know, and, and it's very tight, tightly run. I mean, you guys have fun over there, but it's just very professional. Uh, hell, mm-hmm. you guys got the new truck last year. Uh, you got yep. Vanessa running around, you know, being mean to everybody. Um, right. <laughs> we, yeah, I, you know, of course, I come in there trying to bring donuts just to sweeten the pie a little bit, so I can get these interviews. Um, yeah, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pay for my gym membership, man. <laughs> Can't be bringing donuts in every week. Yeah, well, it's not every no, we week, you know, but yeah, it. yeah, about once a yeah. month. So yeah, Denver will be the next time. So you better get get your training in before Denver. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I, mean, I got a little bit of downtime now, but uh, <laughs> gonna start ramping back up here pretty good. Yeah, I'm gonna ask you about the Adam situation here in a minute, but I want to take you back sure. to uh, a, a night that was probably I'm gonna guess was one of the the most difficult nights of your professional career. Um, yeah, 2017, my dreams. 2017, uh, Zacho and Joey, man, just uh, what, what did that feel like? I mean, God, I hate to even ask you that, but as no, a, it's fine. Like, I, I, like me and Joey talked about it before and, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's in the past now, you know, like you can go back and you can try and change a hundred things, but that's, that's part of it. You know, you can't do it. So. To relive it is, is kind of weird, but, you know, you look like I'm looking right now, like at the wall, like I'd love to see the number one plate on the wall. You yeah. know, that was, we were so close. So even the year before, like we only, like he did everything he could possibly do right in the mud that year in Vegas. And we still lost by like a, excuse me, by like a point. Right. So, um, but yeah, that year was really weird. It was, uh, yeah, we had a mishap at, at uh, New York. Yep. Uh, at MetLife and got docked those points or we would have come in with the red plate. There's a lot of like stacked against us, you know. Like, yeah, he made some mistakes and and some stuff, but we still had the speed, I think, all year to to run with Zach. And I don't know, just the the way it came down is is kind of I don't know. It it still stings, you know. I would, yeah, but, I would assume. I mean, that's that that's a huge championship, and like you yeah. said, they, they, I mean, had a couple a little things not went against you. That issue mm-hmm. wouldn't even have been a that would have never mattered. You know, that pass wouldn't even have mattered, right? I mean, Joey probably should have been. Uh, and the points lead, you know, had a bigger points gap at the, yep. that point anyway. Yep. And it's unfortunate, but things things happen uh, how they happen for a reason. Uh, you're now at Factory Kawasaki. You've got Adam Ciancerillo, who is probably, you know, he's he's the prodigy. Like he's he's the prodigal prodigal. I can't even say it. Prodigal son. Prodigal. Why can yeah. I not say it? You know. Anyway, whatever. You guys know what I mean. He's I got you. He's the second yeah. coming. Uh, I mean, I, I you know the kid has an amazing personality. Um, uh-huh. I mean, God, you, you, you got to feel good about getting that, you know, having him as your guy right now, even though unfortunately yeah. he got hurt last yeah. weekend. Yeah. I mean, obviously like we said that, I mean, that's part of it. You know, like you never, it's unfortunate, super unfortunate, but uh, yeah, that, even this year was a, it was, it's still a learning year with him. And obviously um, second year in the 450 class for myself, like I was a rookie, but Joey last year, and now I hope I can bring some of that knowledge that learning, you know, the ins and outs of the 17 rounds versus, you know, so many years in the life class can help Adam if I, if I can a little bit, you know, right. if I can give him any, any little bit of insight. But yeah, it was, it was a transition for sure from working with a guy for five years and, you know, being really good friends with him and, 
you know, considering his whole family, part of my family and, and Megan and, you know, Big Joe and, and Sharon, everybody was just, I mean, from, from working together for so long, you just become pretty tight-knit. His wife and my wife are actually really good friends still. Oh, that's cool. I actually saw saw them in Atlanta this weekend and held the baby. And, um, <laughs> nice. So that was, that was cool. And it was just, I don't know, it's always difficult. Like I explained to everybody, it's kind of like getting a new girlfriend. Like, <laughs> okay. I mean, just, just like... Uh, like when you get your girlfriend, like it, it's another girlfriend, but like they're all different, right? Sure. So, like the ride, like Joey's different in certain aspects than Adam, and you know everybody has their pros and cons, and and all the little different quirky little things, you know. So, um, I approach this this relationship with Adam a little bit different, you know, just to try to keep as professional as I can and and give him the 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 as much as I could, you know, to help help his success. So, um, it, it's been a it's been you know cool and and uh you know challenging and and exciting year so far for sure yeah uh, i want to ask you a couple more things so you and cran seem to get along pretty well um from what i've seen yeah. um but yeah. you kind of mentioned how like you each have your own groups right your own um side of the team yeah. so when there's tension if there's tension uh let's say they're between the riders you know i don't we, we've heard all the the stuff about Monster Cup last year between Joey and Eli. I'm not going to get into that. But mm-hmm. if there's tension between the camps, is it easy for you and Brian to separate that or the, even just the two groups within the under the tent? Yeah, super easy. I mean, he's probably one of the easiest going guys I've ever worked with. You know, I, I feel really fortunate to be able to work with him every weekend. And, and I mean, you see him more than you see your family. You, know? so yeah. you really want to you want to hope you get along with the person you're flying with. And like I said, the 450 class, there's only two guys on the team. So instead of being able to make buddies with a couple other guys while you're traveling, like on the light team, it's just you and him every week. Just you show up at the airport, you're in the rental car, you're in the hotel, your dinner, truck, everything, just you, him, and, you know, the truck driver and stuff. So uh, I, I'm super blessed to have him uh, be at the team and and to show me, you know, how the workings of our, our deal go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's the most easygoing dude in the world. I I believe like he to gets his job done. He doesn't let anything you know interfere with like what he's gonna do. And yeah, I've uh, got to know his family real well. So you know the the I the the FaceTime chats back and forth with his family and stuff while oh, he's nice. on the phone is really cool. You know his his kids are growing up and you know getting to know what his dad you know what their dad does is really cool to see on that side of it. Right. But, um, as far as the as far as the tension between the camps, that's a lot of. Honestly, so far, that's a lot of just stuff that people outside the industry or outside the truck have kind of boiled up a little bit. Okay. Everybody, you know, everybody was kind of speculating, oh, you know, if Adam starts doing good and beating Eli, it's going to turn some tables at our truck. But the way they have it set up is, is perfect. Like, it, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it, it's never been like, a, hey, we're going to hide this or we're not sharing this anymore. Or, you know, obviously, they're on two different suspension companies. Mm-hmm. That's we're fortunate enough on our truck to... Uh, or at Cali, the one guy uses one company, one guy uses the other. So it's not like we're spying here and there. It's just super open information, and uh, you never get that feeling that that uh, there's going to be some disconnect at all. And of, of course, not with Crans. You know, like he's super easy going. Like yeah. This, so. No. Yeah. Uh, nothing. Nothing to this point, even with you know Adam's already success, and you know with the fastest qualifiers, and, and Eli <laughs> being second, and like. I'm sure the riders personally, like they get frustrated, but it never gets really transitioned into the team. Like that's good. Dan does an excellent job about keeping everybody informed, and we have a lot of team meetings, and and uh, everybody's always on the same playing field. Never they never see the other guy as like the B guy. You know, everybody's like, oh, we got an A guy. Yeah, yeah. 
we are we have two A guys, you know. Oh, you got, absolutely. You got a guy that you got you got a guy that's you know a veteran in the sport. Who's, I think he's got thirty one wins now. So, like I think I can speak for Adam too. He just he just wants to learn from that guy too, you know. So he takes advantage of riding with him in California, and obviously when he's in Florida, he's riding with Kenny and stuff. So, um, yeah, and the, the the team itself has never um, gotten kind of separated besides how it is with you know our workings at the track every day. Right. Good to hear. All right, so uh, last question, I guess, is uh, with with AC being injured, um, probably some people think, oh, man, you're probably, Justin Shanty's probably just sitting at the house, nothing to do. What, what, are your, <laughs> what are your roles at the team now? What are you responding to? Sitting on the beach yeah. with Mai Tais. Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 oh, yeah, man, just soaking up the rays. Yeah, here. so uh, what, what do they have I you mean, doing? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm at my house today. Like, we try and they're, they're – <laughs> Cal, Cal is really good to us. Like, we kind of – you could say pick and choose our hours per se. Like we always try and take the day off before we fly. I think that's what a lot of the 450 guys try and do, you know, barring that you're not testing or the guy's not out here riding Like the first six rounds is kind of different because you're in California a lot already. Excuse me. But, um, yeah, I mean, Dan pulled me in last week and, and asked me if I wanted to keep going to the races. And I got a lot of family going to Daytona uh, this weekend. So I told him I'd still like to go to that one. So, we just agreed we keep these, you know, these past two weekends uh, business as usual, and I would just go in. And um, I think Kranz appreciates him still sending me, you know, like the other guy that, you know, can fully and capably work on the bike in case there's an issue or a problem or any type of fire drill or, yeah. you know, especially an emergency in, like, the in the mechanics area, you know, with another set of hands down there. So um, that's just kind of been my role here the past week, go in, help Kranz with his build on Thursday and, Unfortunately, the last two build days that we've started from Dallas and Atlanta, they were been cold and rainy. So you just kind of you go out and help him scrub his parts and and you know do anything you can with the driver and just be an extra set of hands, you know. And then uh, same thing on setup and go to sound with him and right. uh, just basically just lighten the load that that much more. And then awesome. uh, this week gonna go in on Monday and I've uh, just been prepping some stuff for uh, a rebuild for one of Adam's race bikes and you know, getting his test bike back, back all freshened up for when he comes back riding. So it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of the same, but it's not so much pressure. Obviously the pressure yeah, kind yeah. of lifted with that, you know, that weekly pressure that we just, I feel like we carry just going to the line every week and building bikes and traveling. And, um, obviously still got to get up in the morning. We leave at like five forty in the morning, a flight to, to Orlando to, to, for this weekend. So still doing the regular travel and just trying to help him. Well, man, it's uh, it's been really great getting a chance to know you a little bit. Um, you know, I I haven't really spoke to you a ton in the pits and gotten to know you, so this has been fun, man. I appreciate it. Oh yeah, yeah. man. Anytime, I yeah. I, uh, I I enjoy it. I like being able to tell a little bit of my story. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, some of my buddies know that, that uh, I'm a talker. So <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it works I, out works out perfect for yeah, a it's podcast. been good. But I think yeah, JT, I was going, going to say. I was going to say for these weekends that you're at the races and you don't have to wrench on bikes, we'll just call you for our podcast and get week <laughs> updates, things that we missed. Yeah, for sure. I'll give you all the insights too. Sure. Yeah, I love it. So <laughs> yeah. do you think you'll be at Denver? I mean, I don't, I doubt AC will be back by then. Uh, obviously he won't be, but um, do you think you'll show up for that uh, race? Uh, you'll be surprised. I think you'd be surprised when he's going to come back or when okay. he's planning on coming back. Uh, it's all to be determined. I talked to him this morning. He was, in good spirits, obviously. If you look at his Instagram, he's been working out, and yep. you know, arm, you know, shoulders getting stronger and stuff. And 
I don't know. He might might be swinging his bike over or his leg over the bike here sooner than later. But oh, nice. Okay. Uh, I'm sure he, he's super. He's super good at keeping people informed, and I don't want to overstep, obviously. But, sure. Yeah, that's fine. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know about uh, me going to India or whatever, but uh, Denver. I'm sure yeah. by Denver we'll be rocking yeah. and rolling. I awesome. Imagine. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll see you there, Justin. But thanks, man. All right, guys. Yeah, anytime. All Have right. Take care, show. and we'll talk to you soon, bud. All right. All right. Bye. See ya. Justin Shanty. Pro Circuit Kawasaki. That was a good interview, man. Dude, that dude's got, you could tell he's like got a great story and likes to yeah. share it. That is awesome. Yeah, I'll be honest. I haven't really spoke to him a ton in, in the pits. There's certain people, like I, I kind of got to know Kranz a little bit. There's certain people that I, I, I'm i intimidated by. And for some reason, I was, when I saw Justin like a year ago, you know, I was just kind of like, he was a guy that I was intimidated by for some reason. And I don't know why. It's sort of the same with, like, I always say Mandy at, at Kawasaki or at yeah. Honda. She yeah. intimidates me. She scares me a little bit. And I don't know why. But, yeah, he was awesome, man. <laughs> I, I'm glad that I finally went up to him and asked him to come on the show because that was a, a fantastic interview. Um, okay, so while we were in a break, but we were still live on YouTube, this is for the people listening on the podcast format the, you know, later on, um, we gave away an, a Cherubis hat. Garrett Rockley won that, correct? Show him the hat. Uh, this camera right here. Where? Okay, I gotta reach it. it yeah, just. Oh yeah, so we give away stuff to the people who listen and to the people who watch online and the people who watch on the YouTube. So yeah, we get is that the right camera that's on? I don't know. I can't see it because you won't let me watch it. That is, um, we give away stuff for people who are on the YouTube chat. Yeah. So. We usually, usually it's like quite, I just, it's, it's fine. As opposed to, as Hal Simpson says, the Facebook, it's the, the YouTube. Uh, so we gave that away to Garrett, but we're also, I don't think we did this on air. Torque one, lock on, defy grips, uh, white in color. If you're not watching on YouTube, these are for a two stroke or a mini bike. Um, we're going to give these away from this show tonight. All you got to do send, uh, I tell you what, post Instagram. Cause I like you guys to tag our sponsors, Post a picture of your two-stroke or your mini bike on Instagram. Tag the Moto X-Pod Show and at Torque One Racing. I and, think these fit pit bikes, too. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. And we'll uh, we'll give those lock-on grips away. They are white in color if you're not watching on YouTube. I'll post a picture of them on Instagram later. But, yeah, give us a give us a tag uh, at Torque One and at Moto X-Pod Show on your uh, Instagram, and we'll give these things away this week. But I need you guys to enter. Dang it. So... We're still like, it's funny. for the so, number of people that we have downloading the show, there's very few of them that enter the contest. If you look percentage-wise, but it's funny sometimes that some of the, like the random things when we're giving away something that we're like, oh, well, maybe you'll get this one thing away. You'll get like a bunch, a bunch of hundreds of entries or whatever. Well, I get and a then, lot when we give a helmet away and a paint <laughs> job. We get a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. So, but those, those small ones, just because you, you know, don't hold back to enter in for the helmets and all that kind of stuff because ask Garrett Rockley who wins stuff all the time. We 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 have to make him uneligible. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah right. I mean I, I we want to give stuff away. Like I we just gave some of our blood lubricant oil away which is the best oil on the planet. It's ridiculous. Oh uh, it's so good. We you know we did actually two contests to give this particular bottle of oil away. Yeah. Because the first time I got zero entries. Yeah. I don't get it. Well, that right there is, yeah. I, being a motor builder, I would say anytime you can get that stuff for free, yeah. it's worth it. 
Okay, so we are going to take another quick break. If you're listening to the archives, we'll still be live on YouTube for just a little bit. But we've got, uh, oh no, we don't have much time at all. Jordan Smith in like three minutes. So be right back. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait, what what was that? It's the Supercross guy voice. No, no, it's not. Sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, built performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, hire rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like, if you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner. Or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W E R X at gmail.com. Okay. That's better. Not good, but better. All right. We are back. And our next guest of the night is brought to you by Cherbies. For decades, Cherbies has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories. With products that fit perfectly and look amazing, visit acherbiesusa.com today or call 1 800 659 1440. And ask for Brian and let him know that the Moto X-Pod show sent you. Cherbies brings us Pro Circuit Kawasaki's Jordan Smith. What's up, dude? Oh, not much, man. Just uh, had a long day of training today and just kind of relaxing now. About to eat some tacos for dinner. Oh, there you go. I'm a, I didn't come to your house. I like tacos. Yeah, Taco Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um... Look, man, we know that you, you're still, you know, your, your wrist is bothering you a little bit. What's training like for you with the injury? I mean, do you have to back it down a little bit? Do you have to kind of uh, mediate what you do during the week? Yeah, um, a little bit. Not, uh, this week is probably, so far, has been probably one of my most normal weeks. Um, I probably rode more in the last two days than I have uh, in the past year, pretty much, um, just kind of everything's starting to, to heal up and, and, and get better uh, beyond the, just the wrist injury. It was a couple other little injuries, and uh, it, it's been been a tough off season, uh, kind of a tough time for me, but uh, it's uh, it's totally back now. It's getting better, and, and uh, yeah, we should be just getting better each weekend now. Yeah, that's got obviously that's got to be the goal is just to keep improving. Uh, you, you talked about the the little injuries and things being difficult, and then you have the the move to a new team, learning a new bike. Um, you know what? How much did moving to Pro Circuit Kawasaki? Did, what was that for you? What did that do for you mentally? Because I think a lot of you guys at times just need a change to try to reset. Was that really what that was about? Um, yes and no. Um, I. Had, um, I mean, I really, really liked uh, being at TLTK team. I liked everyone there and, and stuff. Um, I just, there were certain things I wasn't really chilling with as far as the bike and kind of that stuff goes, and, and I, I needed a little bit of a change there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, obviously, you you walk to the to the pro circuit rig and you see all the number one place <laughs> on the door and, and that stuff, and, and you know that, that they want to win there. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know that that was uh, kind of my thing. Go there, and and I know that Mitch is going to give me everything that he's got, and I'm going to give him everything I've got, and uh, just 
see what we can kind of do, you know? Yeah, we, we literally just got off the phone with Justin Shanty, who obviously was at Pro Circuit and now is at Factory Kawasaki. And he, he had a lot of high things to say, and that was kind of his motivation too. You know, wanted to become a wrench at Pro Circuit. That's sort of the dream. Uh, it's really, you know, one of the coolest and most uh, successful teams of all time in that class. Um, what's it like working with Mitch? I mean, Tyler Keefe, you know um, – we, we, I don't know a lot about Tyler other than what I've heard and what I've seen on the, the, the Moto Spy shows where, you know, I mean, he, he seems to be a great uh, team manager, but it's got to be a lot different than going over to uh, where Mitch sometimes is known as having an iron fist. Yeah, um, it, it's definitely different. Um, it's a little bit of a different vibe around the truck and mm-hmm. stuff. And, um, you know, Mitch is, I would say, a little bit more old school and, you know, you, you got to get it done type, type guy, you know, yeah. uh, like, I don't really care how you get it done, but you got to get it done. Um, and, uh, TK is obviously, uh, he's a little, like he's younger and, and felt like, uh, a little bit more of, um, I mean, he, he was my boss, but, but TK and I had a really good relationship and, and got along really good. So, um, yeah, that was really good at the racing, but, but Mitch is definitely, uh, yeah, it's not it's not fun coming back to the truck and uh, <laughs> after you don't ride good, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. So RC uh, on the 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 race during the race, you know, as a commentator mentioned, I think it was RC anyway that mentioned that uh, Mitch kind of he had you come out to California. I think last week is that right or recently? Yep. Yep. I uh, I went out there after Dallas. Um, we just been struggling a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Um, my, myself and. Um, me not being comfortable, um, and he wanted me to come out. We we didn't really get a whole lot of um, good testing and stuff before the season mm-hmm. started. Um, so uh, he wanted just kind of me to come out and just make sure that that they were covered on on their end as far as the bike and stuff goes. Making sure that they could get me as comfortable as I could be, you know. Yeah. Um, and and so that was good. We we did a lot of testing last week and. Uh, and and got the bike, got myself a little bit more comfortable. But I think overall, it's just going to take a little bit of time for me. You know, I had a, so much time off last year. Um, kind of, it seems like a little bit more than what most will realize. Um, with even even though like I raced the the three outdoors, like it was so um, like not like I was not even anywhere close to one hundred percent. So it almost feels like I wasn't even riding during that time. And then, and then after that, like I got surgery right away and the first surgery was, um, pretty much unsuccessful. Like it didn't, Mm. it didn't help my wrist at all. So then I wasted two months basically, um, trying to rehab that and get that better. And then, um, I went and got another opinion. And, uh, so then we wasted another month with the, the second opinion, just trying to make sure that it didn't just need like to be in a cast basically for okay. a little while. And I went back and, and it was even worse after I had it in a cast for a month. So then it's like, man, like really, really frustrating. And, and it was like almost like feeling like, am, am I ever going to get this thing better to where I can be where I was before, you know? And yeah. uh, so, so we got set up for another surgery. Um, they went in, fixed it up and, uh, yeah, it was actually, it was pretty good after that. Um, it's not like a hundred percent now, but it doesn't really affect me riding now. So, which is good. Um, but it just was so long of really not doing anything. Like I couldn't even 
like I couldn't sit on a road bike for more than five minutes without my wrists like really hurting. And, um, I know like after the first surgery, like a few weeks after, like I was just playing on my phone for like a little <laughs> bit too long and like my yeah. wrists just like swelled up so bad. Like it was like, I just really couldn't do anything like that. That involved my, my right hand, which was really frustrating no, and like really a, a big setback as well, you know? So in this conversation we've had, and Jordan, I don't know you very well on a personal level. I mean, I've talked to you a few times at the races and had you on the show a couple of times, but it, it sounds like, you know, and I, I hope I'm not so crossing any lines here, but it sounds like you're, you're struggling with some, like, almost, I guess I'm going to say emotional stress, right? It's, it, I mean, obviously you have some wrist issues, but it sounds like you're struggling a little bit. You, it sounds like you're down a little bit and you're struggling with that. Uh, because of this injury and being off and maybe not being where you want to be, um, do you have like a mental coach? Do you have people in your corner helping you with that side, or am I just way off base? Um, no, I mean you're definitely you're definitely right a little bit. I mean, I came into the season and and like showed up at Tampa and I've won races. I've been you know 17. I almost won the title. Yeah. Uh, 18. I finished five, six something like that points behind Osborne and then um 19 I felt like that was my year you know and and I hurt my wrist at the second round yep um so and uh so then coming in like obviously like I've I've had a lot of success for the past few years especially in supercross so coming in I was I was really feeling good on the bike like I knew that I knew that I hadn't had like as much time as like what I would have uh, like preferred to have, but I still felt very confident and like, and like, I was like, I'm, I'm going to come in and win. Like I mm-hmm. felt like I could, I felt like I had the bike team around me and everything. And then I showed up to Tampa and I really struggled all day and, and kind of realized like, okay, it's going to take a little bit of time to sit back and stuff. And like, I'm not really, you know, struggling too much like mentally. I'm just like, I just know that it's going to take that little bit of time and just have to put in the work and, and get back to where I want to be. It's just, yeah. it is tough, like, being the guy that's, like, out there, you know, get, like, a fifth, sixth place start and, like, moving my way up to the front, be, you know, be on the podium battling for a win to, to then, like, you know, this weekend I got a fifth place start and I just kind of hung out right around there and then, um, some guys went down from me. I finished fourth. So right, um, right. it's definitely, definitely like kind of a mental battle there, you know, being like knowing what I'm capable of and then what I'm doing on the weekends is, is a little strong. bit frustrating. Yeah. I can but, imagine. Uh, uh, we talked to you, uh, I think right before 19 and that was sort of the topic of like, you were f- flying a little bit under the radar. Nobody was really talking about you, even though you'd had two times where you almost won the championship, you know, and then, yeah, it kind of went South, unfortunately. And then this year, you know, there you to me, you're one of the four guys. Obviously, the three guys that are ahead of you in points, and yourself that are we, you know, going in. We can, okay, these guys can all win races and win championships. And you, you know, Dallas was a real struggle. Obviously, um, it just some some nights just they don't go your way. That's just the way it is. Um, you know, people were knocking you around like a pinball. Unfortunately, I was wondering what everybody had against you. Um, that was unfortunate, but um, I think the fact that you're sitting here saying, you know, it's going to take time, but you know, like, I'm glad to hear that you're not just like, Oh, I can't do it anymore. You know, you, you know, it's going to take some work, uh, but you have the team behind you for sure. And you clearly have the ability. So I think as long as you know that and focus on that, it's going to come. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, 
you know, I talked to Mitch after this weekend. He's like, you know, like, obviously, I'm not happy, like, with a fourth place. He's not happy with a fourth place. But he's like, I saw improvement this weekend, you know, like, Good. whatever it was, 5 or 10% improvement. He's like, you know, if, if we see another 5 or 10% next week, like, like, I'll be happy with that. Like, if if you just keep improving each week, like, I'm not that far off. Like, right. Everyone is just riding really good right now. And and to be, you know, just a few tenths of a second off a lap, like, is is just too much. And it's tough. So, he's like, if you can just keep getting a little better and a little better, like, you're going to be on top of the box, like, before you know it. Kind of. So, cool. Um, so, that's good. Hey, Jordan, this is TJ. We have a few questions from um, people watching on YouTube. Uh, Garrett Rockley yep. has a couple of questions, and first thing he was asking is, what do you change, if anything, when you come into a weekend like Daytona, when you race East Coast and you have to deal with that track and, and the stuff that, you know, the way it's designed? Do you do any training training changes, or is it, like, business as usual? Uh, yeah, so so this week we actually um, – we rode outdoors all, all week so far, um, but it's kind of like a shorter, tighter outdoor track that, that um, Brad and Brian made here at MTS. So yeah. um, it's kind of like a like on our, our sandier side of the track, so it's like kind of like that dark sand, and um, and they made like a set of whoops and added a couple walls. Okay. So you get some of that like faster, rougher stuff, and then... Um, you get like the, the, the whoops with the rut down the middle. So that would, I would say would be the biggest change as far as like the bike and stuff goes. It's hard to, uh, to really like set up the bike to go, like to change for it because you just really don't know what the track's going to be like until you get there. Right, so, right. Um, so it's hard to like set up a bike for it because it's like some years maybe you could get away with like almost outdoor suspension or, some years you really need supercross suspension, so it's uh, it's tough as far as that goes. But the training, yeah, usually just try and ride some outdoors and, and get that speed feeling back. Awesome. And then uh, his other question was, do you wear wrist braces now dealing with this um, wrist injury? Yep. I uh, since since the day I heard it in Dallas last year, um, I've wore the Mobius wrist brace. Uh, they were Scott from Mobius was. Um, super helpful on dialing me in and get me everything that I needed with, with that. So I could go racing the next weekend. But, um, now it's pretty much a permanent, uh, fixture in my gear bag, I would say uh, yeah, probably yeah. for the rest of my career. So it's, uh, like one day I, I had to ride with, without it, I forgot it. <laughs> um, so I had to ride like one session without it. And it, it's like not terrible. Like my wrist is okay, but it's just like big hits and stuff. Like it, it sure. just, it hurts if I hit like that. So we, we that both, wrist brace just kinda We here both wear ahead. wrist braces when we ride just so we don't yeah. have issues and I know how you feel when you forget something like that. You feel like you're not riding with knee braces. It, yeah. it gets you get so used to it. Yep. Yeah. Hey, we're, oh, Ron Dog, yeah. Ron Dog um also wanted to know after a weekend like the Triple Crown in Arlington, <laughs> how do you mentally <laughs> reset after that? Because like obviously you know, going into Atlanta, how do you reset from from Dallas? <laughs> the first thing is you go, well, yeah. Martin Davalos crashed way more than I did. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's my training partner. That's, yeah. what, uh, that's what Brian right. said. He's like, you want to know the guy? He's like making fun of us. He's like, you want to know the guys I train? Just look for the yellow flag. So, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I mean, honestly, I, I I went to California like right after, and um, we we like. We obviously have like the truck drivers and, and stuff uh, film us during practice or during the practice and the races. 
so we went back and we like watched video of you know like them filming just me like for the three main events and like going back and watching it like I didn't ride as bad as what I felt you know like it just seemed like if it was gonna go wrong like it did yeah and, yeah um, you know like going down with Jace like on the finish line there it was, I know that it was like kind of hard to see on TV and stuff but um yeah like we had it on video and it was just like he was trying to protect the inside there and, and started pretty far right and he kind of jumped towards the inside and, and I was honest in my head like I was planning on passing him in that corner so like I jumped like I charged it really hard and he was trying to block it and it just like that's not a good combination right. on a jump like that so <laughs> we, I mean just to get up from that one I was I was lucky and then I start going and like I'm getting lapped and I just got cross rubbed in the loops and I went down again and it's like man so then we go back to the truck and try and regroup and then it's like okay go out and just you know every place every position counts like out there now like just get as many points as you can and then uh got together with RJ and like I twisted my ankle as I fell over there and it's like man mm. just so like it was really really frustrating like, I was like so over it and just ready to to move on from it and just you know I mean, after that, you just have to look at it as, like, you know, it, you're so many points down, and you just have to be, like, you know, like, so the championship, it's un, unlikely at this point, and it's, like, but you still have to race each race, like, like you can still win it, because that's, I mean, that's the best way to get better, and the best way to to win races, and everything like that, so um, that's, that's my mindset now, is just, like, going into each race, like, like I can still come back and 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 just trying to to win and podium as much as I can. I'm sure you get tired of hearing it, or maybe you don't care. But I had you on my fantasy that week, so I felt the pain with you. I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, that was probably not 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 good for that week. <laughs> yeah, are you are you a writer that plays fantasy? Some some guys do, some don't. Yeah, I play, um, but I usually just play up until I start racing. Oh, okay, and then uh, and then. But I did play uh, at Tampa this year. Yeah. I played, like, I had been playing all season. And I played at Tampa, and I didn't really do that good. I just picked my team on Friday night before the race, <laughs> right. and I just left it. And so I didn't really do that good, and then I just uh, I gave up after that. So Well, uh, yeah. at least at, at Dallas, you know, it's a triple crown, so you know who's in the main event before it starts, and I still – only had three guys in the 450 race, so yeah. <laughs> he's not he's yeah, not very good at fantasy. No, I was distracted because no, I, I was walking through the pits and I was interviewing Brock Tickle, and then my chick texted me and I had to go get her credentials and I was changing. Yep. Chad Reed was right above um, who, who I forget who I picked now, but the, Chad Reed was who I meant to pick and I clicked on the wrong thing. Uh, Jerry Robin, that's who it was, and then yep. yeah. Anyway, whatever doesn't matter. Uh, well, it's it's tough at the races too because. There's so many people there, like it always slows the network down, and sometimes yeah. you can't even like get your your stuff to load in. So, yeah, um, yeah. Well, thankfully for us, we can go in the press box and we had Wi-Fi there, but it oh, doesn't yeah, matter. I still screwed up. I mean, the reality is, I yep. picked somebody that wasn't racing, and then I didn't double check it, so I suck. Yeah. But anyway, yep. um, talk about something with uh, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, whether it be the bike or the team that something that you're most impressed by. Uh, I would say the the biggest the thing I'm most impressed by is um, kind of like their organization over there. Mm -hmm. um, as far as like the personnel that they have um, and just 
being on the same page with, with each other, I think, um, where they sit down after each weekend, watch video all together, um, go through things that they need to get done that week um, as far as, you know, sending something here to Georgia for me or getting something done in the shop or, or whatever it may be. And, you know, just like making sure that everyone is on the same page as far as that goes. You yeah. know? So um, that, that's pretty cool because you kind of just know that, that everything's getting done that needs to be done and, uh, and that, you know, everyone's working together and like you're not stepping on each other's toes and stuff. Yeah. You know? All right, I'm gonna put you. Uh, I'm gonna put you uh, on blast. I don't know if that's the right term, but who do you like better, uh, Shay or Vanessa? Honestly, I haven't even. Uh, Vanessa hasn't been to any of the races. Oh, so far she hasn't. She hasn't been. I, and I'm joking, by the way. I clearly wouldn't ask, expect you to answer that, but <laughs> man, Vanessa's laying down on hey, the job. But Shay, Shay's pretty tough to beat, though. She's pretty. Uh, she's awesome. She's pretty. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, well, once you get a chance, though, Vanessa's rad, man. Vanessa helps me out so much. So yeah, yeah, you're you're in good hands with both those ladies. But um, Jordan, man, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to watching you continue to improve. Um, Daytona, man, it's it's a different beast. You guys know that, but it's going to be exciting to watch. And I, uh, man, I hope you, I hope to see you on the box this weekend. Yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully bringing in some good vibes. Last time I raced there, I led every lap of the heat and the main event. So if we can just uh, repeat. Put that one on repeat, yeah. and uh, I think we'll be good to go. <laughs> well, Jordan, I, again, man, I, it always means a lot to us for you guys who are super busy to take some time for the show. So thank you very much, and uh, I think the next race we'll be at will be Denver. But um, good luck this weekend, and I'll see you in Denver. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely, man. Thank you. All right, see ya. Jordan Smith. Yeah, I had to bring up the fantasy thing because I was yeah. literally screaming at the TV <laughs> during that. No, I, I think it's most of those guys handle talking about fantasy pretty well. So I, it's, I think it's better now than what it was in the past because I, I think in the past they weren't like they didn't care about it. But well, I think I think it depends of, on how they're doing too. Like if they're having a bad <laughs> year, they don't give a damn. Well, I just meant like they used to not get it. They did. They thought it was dumb. They did this and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But now I think they all see, I guess you'd say, the positives well, it's of it. Gr- and it's growing yes. and it's fun. So yes. yeah, I, I really I love the guys that are like, uh, you know, uh, I play too, and like yeah. I, you know, I, I like AC said a couple years ago, whatever. Like I didn't know if I should pass the guy in front of that's me right. because that's I right. picked him. So that stuff is hilarious. But um, we got anything from our listeners? Because we've got yep. 10 take minutes. Break. Take a commercial break. Okay, we're going to take a commercial break, and we will be back with Adam Montoya. Hey, Kylie. Does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why All Sport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. All Sport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. 
They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try all sport dynamic wrist braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, all sports dynamic braces. Powerband Racing is a suspension company dedicated to providing best service and products. They are committed to developing new products and improve your ride. They want your suspension to be the best it can be. They're based out of Minneapolis, and they're a WP Authorized Service Center and trusted by Ryan Sipes. Many bikes to big bikes. They cover them all. Powerband Racing has your suspension covered. Contact them at 320-983-3400 and follow them on Facebook or Instagram. Back once again, uh, our next guest is brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, which has grown into the choice goggle for many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, and Jacob Hayes. Visit xbrand.com or email me, darksidemx3 at AOL, for pricing. But X-Brand Goggles brings us Mr. Adam Montoya from Berm Lords Graphics. What's up, Adam? How's it going, guys? It's going good, man. So you and I have been friends for quite a while, and um, you have quite a history as a professional mechanic and in the industry that really probably a lot of people don't know about. So I just thought you probably have some cool, interesting stories uh, I want to get you on here. And, of course, I want to talk about Berm Lords and Shock Socks a little bit. Um, but, man, kind of go back. So you when did you first become a professional mechanic, and how did you get involved with that? Um, well, I raced professionally for years myself, and then after that I kind of just knew some other professionals and helped out some guys and uh, helped out Adam Minigate, uh back in the early 2000s. Um, and he kind of got my start going. Uh, so with helping out Adam Minigay, and then I got involved with uh, Lucky and uh, Michael Holigan uh, starting up the Samsung team. Um, and then I worked with the Samsung Radio Shack team uh, in 04. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was with Adam Minigay, I was doing the Plano Surf team. Um and then from 04, I went to Yamaha of Troy, and I was a Brett Metcalf mechanic uh, over at Yamaha of Troy. Uh, we tried to do the uh, 125 thing for one more year. Yamaha <laughs> wanted us to try to make a run for the 125, and it worked for about half a year. Uh, <laughs> and we got into the outdoors, and yeah, he was not competitive on that, so we had to go to... Uh, to uh, four stroke after that. So Brett, Brett was known as you know obviously one of the great riders of that era. What was that like working with him? What was he like to wrench for? Oh, he was laid back and well, uh, he made life really easy. He was really easy on a bike. Um, being a one twenty five, there was a lot of work to be done to begin with, but he wasn't very hard on it. It didn't tear up clutches like some of the other guys I've worked with. Yeah. Uh, he he was actually one of the easier mechanics because he he babied the bike for the most part. Oh, nice! Um, making it nice and easy to <laughs> to work on and yeah. come back from the 
tracked and it was not a whole lot and changed some graphics and grips and we were ready to go again. Well, okay, so and how long were you with Yamaha of Troy? Uh, I was there for a year. Okay. Um, I had a contract to go for another year, but at that point I was uh, trying to start a family and she wanted to move back to Texas. So we uh, moved back to Texas after that and I kind of got out of the industry a little bit. I did trackside support for Factory Yamaha at all the amateur nationals uh, like Ponca, Loretta's, um, Lake Whitney when it was the GNC down there. Um, actually, I did the GNC at Oak Hill for the first year, and when it was there, mm-hmm. I think it was 05 was the very first year. 06, I think. 05 okay. or 06, I can't remember exactly. So, being on the road, man, you've probably got a million stories that you cannot tell in the air, but, um, <laughs> what you know, I'd like to give us some stories, man. I mean, something that you can tell in the air. There's got to be some fun stuff that people would like to hear about. You got to hang out with a lot of the top riders, a lot of the top people in the industry. Give, give me a couple stories. Oh, jeez. Don't ever buy a rental car. Yeah, yeah. Let's do some rental car stuff, man. People love that. Give me some. We've give me a story. Destroyed a couple of different rental cars. Uh, trying to figure out if they'll go in reverse at forty miles per hour. <laughs> and just stupid when you when you get a handful of young guys together goofing off. And yeah, we're, we're traveling in like a circus basically um, around the nation. We get to different cities and we're trying to see what our rental cars in the capable a little minivan if it can go down the freeway at 90 miles per hour in first gear or, <laughs> i mean we returned a few rental cars clanking and and smoking so i remember one time when i was with the samsung team we were leaving glen helen um and uh there's i don't know if you've been to glen helen but there's a an arroyo that you can leave out the back way yes that heads over towards the, uh, the, the the pavilion or whatever. Yes. So we decided instead of taking the main road out, we were going to try to take the pavilion back to the highway. Or not the pavilion, but the, the royal back to the highway. Yeah. We ended up making it through there, but we were dragging the bumper and some other things by the time we got out of there. Um, awesome. We were basically rally, rally racing a, a rent-a-car that should not have been used for that kind of purpose. Right. But. So when you get back to the rental car place, you know, I hear these stories right all the time of the, the, the greatest riders of all time, you know, jumping cars and all this. What, what does the rental car place say? Uh, most of them didn't even say anything. Uh, we had one that they were kind of concerned because the car was smoking. Yeah. But, I mean, that's why you get the insurance and say, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I never so. get the insurance. I'm cheap, man. That stuff's expensive. Yeah, it is, but when they, you know that uh, yeah. you're going to have these us driving it, they we sure. probably could get the insurance. Uh, all right. So, what about uh, just as far as mechanicing? You got any uh, like stressful situations? Anything that happens during a race? Anything that you could, you know, any good stories of just you know, you got to I don't know, figure something out last minute. Uh, there's always stressful things. Um, bikes won't start, or bikes have a problem. I mean, back. When I was doing it, they were still carbureted, so and we didn't have all the electronics and all the right. the gadgets where you could hook up today and find out exactly what the problem is. So when you have an electrical issue and you're tearing a whole bike apart and having to put an old wiring harness in between motos and stuff like that, it it's a little more stressful than 
today where they can hook up a computer and say this pinpoints exactly what's going on with it, and that makes it a lot easier. Um, yeah. A lot of it was just trial and error, and hopefully we found the right problem and, Cross your and keeping the mechanic or keeping the rider calm and collected that he knows that he's getting back on a bike that's going to make it through the moto and not throw him on his ass at some point. <laughs> right, right. Well, all right, so you talked about, you know, you got out of the industry, you did a few other things. Um, you know, you're back now in the industry to some degree working for uh, Berm Lords and I, mm-hmm. I, uh, with Shan Garcia, who's been a longtime sponsor of the show with Shock Socks. Um, talk about the Berm Lords thing because you're, you're doing the graphic design for Shan at Berm Lords. You're pretty much in charge of making sure all these kits look amazing. Um but you started out, didn't you work? You worked somewhere else first. That's where you learned the trade, right? Uh, yeah, uh, Todd Tarver over at SLM Graphics. Uh, he gave me the the foot in the door, per se, uh, and I did work with him for a while. Um, and uh, he he definitely taught me a lot of things over there on how to put things together correctly and right, and and uh, make it where it looked professionally yeah instead of just some kid with some crayons <laughs> right right uh, right well i think for... about oh go ahead i would say about two years ago shanna had a couple sit down meetings he came to me and asked me if i was happy doing what i was doing and told him i'd always love to try to do something back in the industry of uh the graphics and stuff because i really like that i come from a long line of artists in my family so mm-hmm. Doing that kind of thing is uh, exciting and fun for me. So we started this uh, basically the end of 2017, but we didn't really launch until March of 2018. Um, and since then, it's just kind of snowballed into what we are today. Um, and it's it's continued to grow in every, every day. And we get people asking if we're doing uh, – I got a friend of mine today called up and asked if we're doing some side-by-side stuff. <laughs> Eventually, we want to run into that kind of situation and do that more, but we're still just trying to fully concentrate on motocross graphics and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, and you guys are that way. We don't don't let somebody slip through the cracks. We continue to put the the good product that we try to put out. Oh, yep. Hey, your phone's cutting it now. You still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, okay, went out for a second. I'm sorry. No, no, that's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, um, you know, I, I crash at Shan's house whenever I fly out to a race the next day, and I've watched you work, and you've made some of the stickers for me, including the uh, the Rick Rick stickers. Which I have on my car. Yeah. Yes, and uh, the, the Kiefer one we did recently. And anybody, if anybody's seen my fly racing jersey with the Iron Maiden uh, mascot Eddie in the numbers, that was Adam. Adam did that. Um, absolutely my favorite jersey, uh, including you also did the jersey. They had to cut off me after I crashed Bradshaw's bike. So um, <laughs> I've got to get a new one of those and get it over to you to get redone. But, um, yeah, man, the kits are looking good. I think Berm Lords obviously is growing quickly in Texas and probably outside of Texas, I would have to assume. Yeah, we have uh, – our main base is Texas, um, but we do have – some outside, some New Mexico and Colorado, and and some guys in Oklahoma, and Arkansas, Louisiana. Um, yeah. Every once in a while, we'll get some guys that even overseas have uh, reached out to us. Uh, oh, nice. Unfortunately, it's it's a little hard for us to try to help, and and we're we're a very small company, so to 
to do something overseas, it, it makes it a little difficult. But we definitely try to take care of everybody's needs and wants. And yeah, unfortunately, with us being so small, our we get backed up a little bit there. But we still try to turn yeah well i just anybody that is out there looking for a graphics company i mean obviously please hit up berm lords uh you can find them on instagram facebook uh what's the email where they could contact you um it's graphics at bermlords.com awesome if anybody doesn't catch that just email us or contact us we'll get you in contact um and yeah i'll be sending you a jersey pretty soon adam i'm gonna order i gotta place an order this week and get that jersey replaced and i'll be getting it to you yeah, let's just keep it on you this time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Adam, man, I, I really appreciate you coming on for a little bit and talking about it. And uh, obviously, you, you and Shan with Shock Socks helping us out, uh, the show out, and always keeping us, our, our fork seals protected means a lot. Yeah. Well, we'll be out at uh, the Texas GT and also at the JS7 down at Freestyle. Yeah, yeah, in definitely. A couple of weeks, so sure if you guys are out there, swing by and say hi. Yeah, I'll be at the JS7 one myself, I believe, and then uh, I assume you'll be at Aaron Smith's ride day uh, March 29th at Oak Hill? Yep. yep. Cool. Definitely going to be there and uh, doing as much as we can to help uh, Aaron uh, raise some money to offset some of that. One of our, real quick, Adam, uh, one of our um, listeners had a question about do you do logo designs? We do do logo designs. Okay. Um, just email me at that same email, and I can uh, take care of you, and we'll, we'll go from there. And it just depends on what you're wanting and what you're needing. I've done multiple different companies' logos for them, so we can definitely do that. Yeah, it's a guy. It's the it's Ron Dog from the Dented Pipe uh, podcast. So he'll send yeah. you an email. Yeah, he's a okay. He, yeah, sounds great. He's a good deal. A good dude, Adam. He uh he started his own podcast, but about six months ago, he reached out to me and wanted to help us out. Uh, he knows we're a small show, and he actually he gave us the the money to go to Denver for, as a show. He he paid he gave us enough money that we can fly there, stay there, and get content. So he's a really good dude, and yeah, and he's got a cool podcast. Like I said, uh, TJ said it's called Dented Pipe. It's it's cool. Awesome, yeah. All right, Adam. Hey, man. Uh, I like appreciate you, dude. I like helping people. Uh, their designs and their their logos because then whenever i see their logo somewhere it's like i help do yeah yeah you feel good well you do a great so. job man i've seen uh, a ton of the kits that you've come up with and some really some kind of one-off things you've done for some bikes that are look badass and yeah. uh, I, I love seeing the company grow man and y'all do replica stuff too right yeah we do yeah. some replica stuff we have some old retro stuff that we've done some old pro circuit split fire bikes and some old yamaha yeah. or and yeah. uh Y'all like the, the graph looks like. Y'all did the number plates for my bike, which is like a 94 replica. Okay. But, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, Adam, thanks, man. Awesome. Well, if you guys need anything, y'all know where to hit me up at. Absolutely, man. You have a good night. Tell Shand I said thanks. I will. All right. See you, bud. Thank you. All right. That's Adam Montoya. Graphics at bermlords.com. Is that what we said? Or bermlordsgraphics.com. I probably need to look. I'll, I'll check it out. Uh, I'll make sure, actually, you talk for a minute. They can just Google uh, Berm Lords graphics. Well, if I'm, I'm pulling it up because I know I've sent them an email before. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to find, I'll figure, well, shit, we'll just keep recording. Who cares? If you guys don't want to listen, fast forward. Um, but we are about to take a break and get Jesse, I, I hope I say his last name right, Haggart. Haggart. He is the Moto Athlete Manager for Troy Lee Design. So we're going to get him on here in just a moment. 
Um, let me give you those graphics. Graphics at bermlords.com. There you go. So, yeah, Ron Doc, hit them up, man, and uh, tell them thank you for supporting us. And, well, Shock Sock supports us. The graphics side, not yet. Not yet. We're, we're, we're working on some stuff. So, um, okay, let's take our last commercial break. We'll be back with Jesse Haggart, I hope. <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll try to get this thing. Oh, wait. Um, did we get any stuff? Well, we, we told them how we're going to do the, the, the grips. Oh, a lot. We gave away the oil and the hat. Yep. We still have the Fly Kinetic Mesh Youth Gear that we need a winner on, but that's we're not going to announce that for two weeks. So you two have weeks. two weeks to get the email in, motoxpodshow at gmail.com. Yep. Tell us why your kid deserves the gear. Uh, this stuff, like I said, it's the first time the Youth Kinetic has been available in a mesh, which is going to be awesome for the summertime, especially if you live anywhere like Texas where it's – Seven thousand. Oh yeah, I like yours better. Five million. I'm, I'm down <laughs> with that. Yeah. So do that. Get in these contests. If you want to go to Patreon.com and support the Moto X Pod Show, you can do that. Uh, it's you can donate as little as five dollars a month, and that helps us out. Tremendously. Way more than you would think. Five dollars. Five dollars for some reason helps us out way more than it. It kind of blows me away how much that yeah. big difference that makes because it all adds up. When it definitely you've got adds up. A bunch of people doing it. It so. helps with. I mean, all these. These, these cameras or whatever, it goes to the show. So, all right, commercial break. We'll be back right back. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Seven dudes, Trey. I wear fly shoes. Wear fly shoes. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new Women's Light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. Blood Lubricant Signature Products Blood Power Sport Series, Blood Racing Pro Series, and Blood Racing Pro Elite Series were all created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. From dirt track to off-road, motocross, supercross, and drag racing, bloodlubricants.com has what you need. Along with their oil lines, Blood Lubricants provides chain loop, degreaser, polyclean, and other top-notch products. Independent tests have shown Blood Lubricant oils to allow your bikes to run up to 30 degrees cooler. Give Jeff Green and Blood Lubricants a try and you won't be disappointed. Blood Lubricant sponsors of Tyler Powers, Team PRMX, Team TXS, and many other pro supercross and motocross riders. Visit bloodlubricants.com today. Guys, we are back with our next guest of the night, brought to you by Blood Lubricant Oil Lines, which was created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. Blood Lubricants has three series of oil to fit your needs, as well as chain lube, degreaser, and polyclean. 
Whether you ride moto, race dirt track, or anything else, visit bloodlubricants.com for your oil needs today. Tonight, Blood Lubricants brings us Mr. Jesse James Hagort. He is the athlete manager for Troy Lee Designs. What's up, dude? Dude, nothing much. Uh, <clears throat> sorry about that. I no, you're good. Take a drink. <laughs> just take a drink of coffee and totally screwed out the very first part of the interview. <laughs> I am good. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to reacclimate myself back to uh, Southern California time zone. Uh, jumping back, jump, just jumped back across the pond from MXGP this last weekend, which was a really awesome uh, experience and uh, one of the cool new first steps to jump in Troyly Designs into a bigger European market. So Yeah, I was a little surprised. I didn't, you know, when you told me you were over there, I didn't realize, you know, I didn't know how much of a footprint you guys had uh, in the GPs. Um, that I haven't got to watch the race yet. I haven't got, had time, but that series is absolutely amazing, full of talent. What right. was that experience like for you? Well, you know, unfortunately, being England – um, really lived up to the the uh, whole experience of England. It was okay. cold and it was <laughs> raining. Um, it was almost a mirror image of the 2017 Motocross Nations when oh, I went uh, with Cole Seeley, uh, which was an absolute mutter. Yeah. Uh, luckily, luckily for some part of the day on Sunday, it was nice, uh, but during the uh, second moto of the MX2, it legitimately light it was light hailing you know just like the little little sprinkles of hail it wasn't right. snow but it was uh it was cold but it was it was an awesome thing to uh see yago gertz come out and uh you know ha he had a little bit of luck in moto one uh with one of the ktm riders mm -hmm. i forgive me for not knowing uh being the britannica of you know, everybody's numbers and everything, but uh, this dude was out front, and uh, he lost, he fell, and Yago took advantage, took the Moto 1 win. Nice. Second Moto, he actually ended up kind of clipping, uh, clipping like a tough walk or hay bale, whatever it was. It was a soggy piece of something on the side of the track, <laughs> and it it clipped him, and uh, we were standing over there, and he did a he did a nice little cartwheel, cartwheel that he popped up out of, and, uh, you know, along with the conditions and some uh, rider fatigue, he ended up uh, rolling all the way back up to third and pulling the overall victories for the uh, MX2 Kema Yamaha team. Nice. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Like yeah, I said, I haven't even looked at any of that yet. Um, you kind of ruined it for me. Appreciate sorry, that. That's, <laughs> sorry, that's a spoiler alert. But yeah, it's, it's all also, right. Uh, it's all good. That's the whole reason I went to England was to see <laughs> – you know, one of those guys, you know, holding up their holding up their finger, going number one, yeah. preferably the index one, you know. Right. Um, but uh, and then uh, Ben Watson as well, uh, who's teammate of Yago Gertz. He uh, it was really cool to hang out with him. He had a little bit of a hand injury mm -hmm. from some of the preseason rounds that they did, but he pulled uh, seventh place in Moto One, and uh, unfortunately, the conditions in Moto Two, I think, kind of helped out with. Uh, having him finish back in the pack, but he feels good. Um, the guys are really, really stoked on their uh, SE4 helmets and as well as just uh, all the new SE Pro gear that they're going to be running yeah. for these uh, first three rounds. So, And, and are you guys supporting Max Bolin while he's over there? Yeah. Uh, Max, so. is, uh, that was kind of like a crazy little bit of a last-minute thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, Talon had such a huge thing going in when, when he was racing the GPs back in the day. 
And uh, I'll tell you what, just to just to have those the 125 class of just a lot of really really awesome talent, including uh, Stefan Everts' son Liam, yeah, uh, who won, who ended up winning that race. But just hearing those 125 scream around uh, and filling up that valley that Matterly Basin is with uh, with the two-stroke smoke was awesome. I bet. So I had a question about that going over there to the GP. This is your first time to actually spend time over there for those GP races. How does that compare to, like, like from your point of view, not just from the racers, but from you dealing with the racers, going to the teams? How was that? Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, and whether if it's your AMA circuit, the GP circuit, rain can throw any, throw a really big wrench into everything. And then additionally for, you know, having the GPs kind of be spread over two days, kind of sometimes three with, uh, you know, teams coming in and sound testing on Friday and whatnot. Uh, does the GPs do make for a little bit of a longer weekend, but, uh, all of the guys over there, Marnie, Hans, uh, Alexander, all the guys from Yamaha Europe really made us feel yeah. at home. Uh, and you know, that's, that's really important. But then, um, on Saturday, we didn't know it, but overnight from Friday to Saturday, the winds got so gnarly, uh, that they have the big structure that's usually behind the starting gate yep. of the GP. And dude, that thing got totally blown over total twisted metal, pile of heap the next day and it, it really held up the whole day of them kind of trying to get it cleaned up and they pushed everything back so it was like they kind of qualified their 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 practice and then their time qualifying session into one big session which uh it was just a very mix of emotions for the racers and as well as the teams just kind of like okay it's condensed whereas the ama stuff you know uh like myself when I fly in with the team, um, you know, it's like, you know, they, they have a dealer signing, the riders have a dealer signing on Friday night. And then Saturday we get there, we do everything and we down to the trucks and we're gone Saturday night, yeah. you know, whether that's, whether that's late, late, late Saturday on a supercross or in the <laughs> right. afternoon on a Sunday. But, um, it, it is a little bit of a different time, uh, you know, um, schedule yeah, for yeah. the GPs, but, um, I don't know if that's what's helping these guys continuously get a little bit quicker and a little bit quicker each year, you know, and they kind of get a little bit more time. They get a little bit more time to think about it. I would say that they get the same amount of time to recover, but, you know, having a qualifying race versus just time mm -hmm. and stuff, it's, you know, it's, it's all, it's, it's apples to oranges. And, uh, you know, it was, it was some good racing, uh, even though that the, the stuff was going on and, uh, we, I, being able to watch a supercross on TV, wow, that was such a crazy different experience as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there, it was a good action-packed uh, weekend of racing on sure uh, both sides of the pond. So. Yeah. So is that better from your point of view, going to the outdoor races where they have like two days of outdoor stuff, or you think the more condensed in-and-out version is better for you or spectators? Um. Well, I mean, you got to keep – you got to remember that uh, the – the outdoors did run the two day schedule right. uh, up until man, I, I don't 14? know, maybe 2000. Yeah. I am not, I don't know if it went that deep either. I think, I think it was, 
late 2000s, early 2010s, if they went away yeah, from it. Yeah, I was, I was thinking it happened while Freestone was still going on. Oh, was it? I okay. thought so, yeah, because I, yeah. I remember some of our guys doing the two-day program, and then it changed. Yeah. I don't remember exactly, right. yeah, but, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if that, like, I mean, I, I would think from my perspective, uh, you know, it's kind of nice to kind of get in and get out. Yeah. It's not two days of it. A lot of us... Uh, you know, including the mechanics and stuff, they're gone on and and the transportation drivers. Shout out to Jerry Bernstein, our guy. Mm-hmm. I hate you. Um, the uh, you know it makes some long days for them, shorter dis uh, travel time in between. So there's a lot of different things to consider. Um, you know, the one day schedule versus the two day schedule. The two day schedule might work better for them, being that they do travel over longer distances. Their schedule is pushed out a little bit further rather than 17 rounds of racing over 18 weeks like supercross so uh i don't know you kind of have it's there's there could be a great debate and that could go on for hours absolutely well let's talk about what you got going on man uh uh, moto athlete manager is still the title correct correct so tell us what that means exactly what is your job day-to-day uh and then race day uh, well, I mean, as far as my job day to day, obviously take care of, uh, the TLD KTM race team, uh, that Troy does own. Still, mm-hmm. we do have, obviously we are the 250 support. We get, uh, the bikes and everything from KTM, but Troy still does own the team. And I take care of, uh, you know, making sure that helmets are ordered, you know, sizing, colors, sponsor, logo placement all that stuff. Uh, I work with many, many different departments within TLD to make that happen. Uh, Along with the KTM off-road team of Taylor Robert, Caleb Russell, Jesse Ansley, Ben Kelly, Josh Toth. I work with the trail testers, KTM team, um, with Johnny Greer and Ross and everybody over there. Deal with the amateur riders, Daxon Bennick, Caden Braswell, uh, Hannah Hodges, uh, Tiger Wood, a kid out of Australia, uh, who's kind of coming up the ranks a little bit. And then also our ambassadors with, uh, you know, Cole, Cole Seeley, who's recently retired, mm-hmm. uh, Casey Martinez, uh, who's taking a little bit of time off, but I, I'd like to, I could try and call her the female goat of off-road women's off-road racing. She's done everything, anything that she's decided to race in each discipline, she's won a title in. So, She's taking some time off to start a family, which is pretty cool. And uh, and Cameron Steele and everybody and a bunch of other kids that you know TLD does help out and sponsor. And uh, the list goes on and on. I've got I've got a full plate and it's constantly rotating. And Sounds then like on, it. Uh, race days, race days. You know, obviously there's a lot of cameras and stuff out there. I want to make sure that the guys are looking as good as possible. And I always try and tell them, hey, man, like, keep that front number plate clean, keep that helmet clean, and, you know, it's going to be an easy race for you. But, uh, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes we've got to switch up some stuff. I just want to make sure that, uh, that, the, that the gear is looking as good, they're as confident in the gear as possible. And then also um, I've been good friends with Justin Barsha for a long time, and I was, we were luckily, lucky enough to have Jeff from Arai come over and ask Troy if he would be interested in uh, doing some paint job uh, for Justin this year and kind of adding a little bit more flavor to the Arai helmet, which that's what Troy's business was founded on from day one was, of course, was trying to, 
trying to help riders express their personalities through the art on the helmet and uh, being able to see Justin and Troy, you know, kind of put pen to paper and ideas flying around. Justin, first thing that he did when he walked in, he grabbed one of the uh, old Damon Bradshaw replicas. He's just like, I like the thick neon lines on this. And they got together and uh, it's come out really, really sick. And I know that uh, that replica will be coming out pretty soon. Yeah, so that's, that's uh, kind of a cool thing. I didn't realize that Barsha was running a custom painted helmet. I didn't. I need to focus on that and pay more attention. That's pretty amazing to have a uh, Troy Lee designed painted helmet for anybody. That's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I. Uh, it was pretty cool to see it all come together with uh, one of our artists, Guillaume. He's kind of made some really fast frogs for Justin, and then as <laughs> well as uh, our painter over there, Steve, who's really had a big time hands on the helmet. Uh, this uh this last round uh he had if you look in the mesh of the of the nose piece or mouthpiece there that he's got the 51 uh kind of ghosted into it it looks and it looks pretty sick so that's cool so what's the most difficult part of what you do on race day is there something that like you go in and go god i'm just ready to get this part over with or this is always a stress is there anything like that um well, I mean, never really look forward to like going through and taking out the sweaty pads for the guys. <laughs> Here we go. Um, yeah, that's always part. Of, that's always part of like, oh man, I never like, thought they're of coming that. back to practice. You know, like, all right, here we go. But I like to try and do a little bit of an extra thing, like you know, throw it on the, I'll throw it on the dryer as they're going out in and out of practice all day. But before the night show, you know, I want to make sure they got some fresh pads in there and and make sure that. He said that they're as confident as possible going to the line. Yeah. Um, uh, like I try and uh, I try and help out uh, with you know downsetting stuff with the team uh, as much as I can. Uh, obviously, like you know what I have just those guys and Justin. Uh, I'd like to try and you know be taking down some of the the sponsor stuff at the end of the night to help everybody just kind of get out of there just a little bit quicker. Sure. You know, I don't. Sometimes I don't exactly know exactly what I'm doing, but it, you know, just one more <laughs> pair of hands, uh, I think, yeah. does help get the job done a little bit quick, and uh, that gets us back to the hotel bar even that much quicker. So <laughs> there you go. Well, let's talk about the team a little bit. Um, you know, uh, a revamp this year a little bit. Went with a lot of younger guys, um, and, and you know, Pierce Brown this weekend looked really good. Main event didn't go exactly how he wanted. Um, really though, a rebuild year, I think, um, looking towards the future. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I know that I was, uh, like when, when you, uh, posted up the thing in this, this, uh, afternoon uh, that I was going to be on with, uh, Jordan Smith mm-hmm. as well as Justin Shanty, like, uh, those dudes, I, they've really been respectful to me ever since I came on the circuit nice. in 2015 with my, uh, former employer, Alpine stars, mm-hmm. um, me and Jordan had a really good time when he was at uh, Team TLD. Shout out to Team Wipe Me Down. Uh, <laughs> he'd come back, I'd you know just get a little rag out and kind of eh, let's wipe let's wipe that off those pants off a little bit. Right, there, you know, right. So, um, but uh, you know this year obviously a very young crew. Um, you have uh, Hartraft who came over from uh, from the his former Yamaha team and uh, he's been really impressive so far. I yeah. think he's. Uh, confidence that he has in the bike uh has really elevated it uh his whole game 
and uh, he's he's fun. The Drago, as some people like to call him, uh, you know, he's a cool dude to hang Rocky around Ford. with. And uh, exactly, if he dies, he dies. You know, <laughs> he's um, not a man. He's and, a machine. <laughs> and uh, Derek Drake, the first ever Nikki Hayden, uh, Loretta's Horizon winner, uh, mm-hmm. coming in. Both those guys on the West Coast. And PB, uh, you know, he had a he had a little bit of a injury coming into the East Coast, and we wanted to make sure that that healed up. So that's why he didn't debut in Tampa. But obviously, as we kind of bring that all around together, uh, Tampa was a little bit of a rough round for Team TLD, yes. and uh, our our rider Brian Moreau, my bro, uh, he uh, he came when he first came over. He was just the uh, such a shy French kid and, and, uh, he was so funny, but he was like so shy about <laughs> being around the teammates and everything. And then, uh, I was like, dude, just go over there and start, just start, just walk over there and start tapping on them. And they're like, they'll immediately think you're cooler than anything. And the, to see the, all of the camaraderie that developed in a short time with all of those guys was really, really cool. And, uh, and it was, uh, Brian was so excited and everything for, for Supercross. And, uh, unfortunately, um, three laps in, some stuff really, really changed for that kid that day. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I, I know that he's, he's young, he's strong, he's a fighter. Um, I, I wish the best and I can't thank, uh, you know, the Moosecans enough for what they did before and in bringing him over and helping him get, uh, set up and training and driving him around because he didn't have a license <laughs> and uh, and then as well as seeing him throughout you know this unfortunate uh, incident that's happened to him um, you know they they're they're taking him back they helped take him back to France mm-hmm. stayed with him I know that Tyler uh, our team manager um, you know he's this is kind of like the second time that he's had to yeah. unfortunately go through something like this and I know it's tough for him. But luckily, we've got some really, really great people behind us, you know, and road recovery is such a huge thing in this. Um, they even actually had at MXGP, they had at their road recovery booth a thing for Brian. And some of those donations were going to be going to Brian as well. And uh, Lori and the rest of the gals and the whole crew over there, uh, you know, this is unfortunately some of the second time that we've had to work with them closely on something like this. But that does help out and um you know just uh every every single bit of it if if it was for anybody does help you know it helps yeah. the greater the greater good within the moto community of and course. uh you know uh Brian uh, he's a, he's a strong guy and um I'm hoping I'm really really just hoping the best for him you know yeah he uh I assume it was him or his camp they they put up a post today and he, you know, he talked about it being, uh, you know, obviously a rough couple weeks, but um, honestly, the the vibe I got from that uh, post was he's in pretty good spirits, all things considered, and ready to fight. Yeah, and I mean, like, uh, there's there's been a, you know, there's been a few guys, you know, like look at Doug Henry. Doug mm-hmm. Henry still is able to go out and do what he loves. And and Ernesto Fonseca, he's he does wheelchair racing, and Jesse's stepped into doing a lot of stuff with Razor and everything. So I mean, a lot of this stuff is not, 
you know, it's not the end of something. It's it's an unfortunate new beginning to something else. I like that. And if that's if that's the way that you're going to have to look at it, then then that's got to be the positivity. That's that's the silver lining, if you would. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, that if it, it it's unfortunate, but I mean that, I, that as far as it goes, that his personality and everything is still going to be there. And uh, I can't wait to talk some more trash with the kid as soon as, uh, <laughs> as soon as I'm able to get a hold of him. Yeah, yeah, I, I regret that we didn't get a chance to to meet him, and maybe that'll change. Maybe he'll come back over someday and you know visit. But uh, seems like a great kid. Um, and, I, I'm, I'm pretty positive that his uh, that his uh, relationship with Tyler and everything and and all of us uh, is not going to go away that easily. So, right. Uh, Good. I, I'm look. I'm looking forward to uh, to when he when he comes back over. Not if, but it's when. Yeah, good. I like to hear that, man. And um, yeah, well, Jesse, man, I I appreciate you coming on and giving us a chance to get to know you a little bit, man. Hey, thank you very very much for having me. And uh, you know, uh, anytime that uh, you guys want to talk about stuff, give me a shout. Yeah, we'll get you back phone. on. We'll do some bench racing in the future. And um, we're I, I kind of I'll be at Denver. That's the next race I'll be at. So um, I'll okay. I'll, ser- I'll search you out, dude. Bring it on. Uh, I'll be floating around on the tall bearded guy cruising yeah. around. So right on, man. Well, hey, thank you so much for some of your time tonight. No problem. You guys have thanks for having me on, and have a great night. You too. See ya. Later. All right, that's uh, Jesse James from TLD. Yeah, cool dude, man. He's actually gonna um, hook up hook us up with some signed jerseys for the Aaron Smith uh, auction also. So much appreciation for that. Uh, TJ, that's pretty much the end of the show. Um, we are technically at two hours and ten minutes. It's just not long enough. Well, um, you want to try to get somebody else on? I call A-Ray or <laughs> um, yeah, I, I bet I could get Kate on. You know, I don't know. What do you want to do? It, whatever it takes, man. Whatever it takes to keep these listeners happy. Yeah, well, we're gonna we're gonna actually go ahead and wrap this up so I can do some editing, and I still have an almost two hours of pulp I have to listen to to get ready for the wrap up tomorrow. So, yeah, that was a long night last night. Yeah, because I had fire department meeting which ran two hours into the show. Oh which, wow, which puts me two hours behind since I don't get to start it live. So, um, yeah, so we're gonna wrap this thing up. Got anything before? Nope. No, we, um, of course not. Why would you? I, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm working on a couple things. I'm, I'm going to try to do some random interviews with people maybe that aren't necessarily moto stuff. Yeah. If y'all are interested in that, um, just something different. Just because uh, I'm into a lot of things that aren't always moto things, and I can use this as an excuse to be a, talk to some super fan like of maybe some things that would interest us some, and some people will just skip over. So. <laughs> Well, remind everybody what your uh, YouTube channel is for your personal stuff. Oh, yeah. So my YouTube channel, which I am put a video together real short for this week, but it's um, a Moto Heads Garage. It's um, on YouTube. Just type that in all, all together, a Moto Heads Garage, and um, check that out if you like. Yeah, you got some cool stuff on there. I'm not a big car guy. I'm a car nerd. Yeah, I mean, I like cars, but I don't know, like, yeah. I'm not like a, the mechanical side. I just like looking at the fast cars and wishing I could afford one. I just That's like more my thing. taking a piece of crap cars yeah, and, and making it, them fun. I don't have the patience for that. You're you're definitely better at that, and I need you to fix my van. I think your van may need more than just a fix. 
it well, may need an, an engine. It's four hundred it and something thousand miles, or at it least may. a head rebuilt. And it very well may. Could just be a stuck lifter. That's what we talked about, or um, a valve, stuck valve. Yeah, valve, stuck valve, or stuck lifter. Hopefully, something, it's like something simple like that. You said you were going to help me, but you probably forgot because you're never here. That's fair enough. Yeah, you're like, oh, bring it over one weekend when I'm home. Like, yeah, the one weekend you're home every couple months, and you have I'm home right million now. Million other things to do. I, I mean, well, it is I could bring it, it over this weekend if you want to skip going riding. We could ride in my house. I'd rather go to the track. There you go. Yeah. Okay. I want to thank once again Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Acherbies, X Brand Goggles, Williams Motor Works. You, you, how'd you do it in a commercial? Williams Motor Works. <laughs> Works Wheels and Mods and Extreme Colors. Thank all of our guests. Jesse, I already forgot how to say it. Haggart. He said it different. How did I say it? Haggart. No, it wasn't right. There was a there was an enunciation in the first O. I don't I don't know. Jesse James. Jesse James. Adam Montoya, Jordan Smith, Justin Shanty. Thanks, TJ, for coming in. Patreon.com. Please donate, you know, I don't know, a hundred dollars a month. Two hundred. Two hundred a month. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, hey, we appreciate you guys. Hope you enjoyed the YouTube stuff. Please enter the damn contests. Or I'm just gonna stop giving stuff away. I'll have to give it to TJ. And I don't want to do that. I don't want TJ to get anything. So please enter the contest. We are out of here. 